Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Rise and grind, ladies and gentlemen. It's about to get bumpy. Time to attack and dominate. This is Morning Juice with Brandon Beam and Bobby Carpenter. Here we go on a Thursday. Attacking and dominating our way to 9 a.m. Every single weekday morning right here on The Fan. Brandon Beam. The General Bobby Carpenter, and of course our fearless leader and producer, Mark the Shark. General, we've navigated our way to a Thursday. Post-Valentine's Day edition of the program. Post-Chris Holtman era. End of the program. What's going on, man? Good to talk to you. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end, Beam. That is a thousand percent true. We had the best line of our show, 40 seconds in. I don't see a point of even doing it anymore. Hang it up, Shark. Let's go to network. Yeah. We're out <laughs> for the rest let's of the just day. play best of shark for the um, rest of the day. Yeah, it's. It, I'm gonna tell you what. Yesterday was it was a tough one. Yeah, I hate seeing coaches get fired. Yeah, and because what that means for the entirety of the staff. Like, you know, I went to school here with TD Terrence Styles. You know, like, what does that mean for him? Um, what does that mean? You know, Jake Dealer's taking over, yeah. but. Odds of him getting the head job pretty slim, I would say. Odds of him being retained on staff. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no one knows. Depends right. on who they bring in. So there's just so much ambiguity with that. And like, uh, personally, I, I really like Chris. I did too. And you know, I, I think I, too. everybody wants uh, wanted it to work out. And I think he would probably be in an honest moment would tell you that you know it wasn't working out to the degree that he would have hoped. It seemed like everything kind of turned like that Oral Roberts loss and then COVID. And it's just, sometimes there's just events that like seem to work against you in this world. Like I still believe Chris Holman's a good basketball coach. I think this team is pretty talented. You know, the last couple of years, is it maybe as veteran as it needs to be? Is there that leadership element? Maybe not, but you know, it's, I I personally, like I said, I personally like him. Chris is my neighbor. Like I, I did not want the guy to be gone and it's, it stinks to see this. And, um, I was just kind of surprised that it happened during the year. Like, well, the, yeah, the, the buyout is, I mean, a massive, massive buyout. It's a pretty substantial buyout, and we'll you know talk more about that. But, like, the reality is there's six more games left. I mean, yeah. and you're 4-10 and ten in conference. Like, if you win out, yeah, maybe you would get in the tournament. Yeah. But you also have Purdue in there. I guess if you this went out, you probably yeah. would get in the tournament because you have some really nice wins. That Wisconsin one was probably the one that needed to happen. And I, I think being maybe it's because it just looked like a lot of other ones. You're like it just it had the track record. It did. It was following the same path that it had for the last couple of years. Play good, have some spurts here, like get a deficit, yeah. can't overcome it and kind of limp to the finish. And you're like, oh yeah, it's just frustrating. I mean, a couple of years ago, this team was the number two seed in the NCAA tournament. Yes. Got Oral Roberts. Got Max Acemist, right? Yep. And then you're starting to think, well, you got EJ, you got Dwayne, and then all of a sudden, poof, like that's that's then gone. Like that had disappeared. Just a couple of years ago, I mean, they, you know, took Villanova necessarily down to the wire, the March Madness. And then, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like last year, started the skid again, did that, poked your head out of the other side, made a decent run of the Big Ten tournament, 
fix some of your issues on the roster, went into this year, started out the season 12-2, and two, and then just couldn't couldn't put anything together in the Big Ten. And Ohio State, Gene saw enough, said, you know what, we're going to pull the plug. It's just, it was crazy to me that you did that in the season as well. Like, yeah, I think everybody acknowledges that it was time, right? Yeah. I mean, you and I, we both like Chris. Shark likes Chris. Like, everybody in Columbus likes Chris Holtman as the person. You could also see some of the deficiencies that his program had over the course of the last couple of years. I said, and I think Chris is a good basketball coach. It wouldn't surprise me if his next stop he has a lot of success. Yeah. Like, you don't fall into, you know, three tournament appearances in Sweet 16 at Butler, you know, in three years by not being good. Yeah. So, I don't know, Beam. You want to do today in history? We do. We're going to get into more of the Holtman stuff coming up here in our next segment. That'll be mostly what we talk about today. Uh, of course, Adam Jardy, the Columbus Dispatch, he's going to join us at 635 here this morning. Steve Hellwagon of Bucknuts, he's going to join us. Both of those guys were at Gene's press conference last night. Uh, Steve's going to join us at 735. Uh, Albert Breer, MMQB. We're going to talk some slots, talk some cigarettes with Albert coming up here around 8.05. And then our Jackets guest for today, Jackets forward Kent Johnson. He's going to join us a little bit later on in the program to end things off here around 8.48, a little bit here this morning. Like I said, we'll get into the Holtman situation basically throughout all three hours of the program today. But before we get into anything else today, it is Thursday, the 15th day of January, twenty, not January, February 2024. Time for Today in History. Time to get smarter. Morning Juice presents Today in History. Here's your professor, Bobby Carpenter. Sponsored by Dr. Mark Levy. If you're snoring and not sleeping, call Dr. Mark Levy at 1-800-MORE-SLEEP. All right, Bob. At noon today, we will officially be at Coaster Bob time for the month of February. Yeah. Uh, for us, it'll be at 9 today. Correct. So then we'll have more in the bag than we're done. And I hit Coaster Bob time a, long, a while ago because I'll be out next week. Yep. But it is... Uh, it is Thursday. It is February 15th. The this is third Thursday of the month, I believe. 46th day of the year. 320 days left. So tomorrow we'll be hacking into the 19th. Next week we'll be have 50 days under the belt beam cruising along. Oh, yeah. This date, 1764, the city of St. Louis is established. And then what is Spanish? Louisiana. Uh, the state 1898, the battleship USS Maine explodes in the Havana Harbor, leading for the United States to declare war on Spain, mm-hmm. uh, leading to the Spanish-American War. In this state 1916, the Yankees buy Frank Home Run Baker from the Athletics for $37,500. Seems like a good deal. Yeah, back then, not a bad buy. But how about this? I stumbled into this one. Uh, U.S. bobsledder uh, Eddie Egan, I believe, becomes the only athlete to win a gold in both the Summer Olympics and in the Winter Olympics. So 1932, he wins a gold medal in bobsledding. He had won a gold medal in boxing in the Summer Olympics in 1920. Wow. Yeah, so I heard about that. The only guy to be able to do both, and uh, pretty darn impressive. Lolo... Jones do the bobsled? I think she won gold, though. Uh, you're right about that. And participating is yeah. one thing, and I'm not besmirching that. To participate in the Olympics in multiple sports is incredibly impressive, but to win gold... So she had won, as she didn't get the gold medal in the Olympics either. She had won a bunch of indoor and yeah. world championships on the track, and then she won some gold medals uh, in the world championships in the bobsled, but could, can get those two Olympic gold medals. I knew she was kind of dis- it was kind of disappointing for her in the, uh, in the track and field. Yeah. 
Uh, didn't re- for, didn't realize this. Uh, this day, nineteen thirty-three, FDR survives an assassination Ooh. attempt um, from Giuseppe Zangara in Miami. Uh, the Chicago mayor Anton Cermak dies from wounds. He was right there and uh, received some of the gunshots as well. Walt Disney releases Cinderella on this date, nineteen fifty. Nice. And the Beatles in nineteen sixty-five. Eight days a week is released, which is a pretty iconic uh, song. Really enjoy that. I was uh, watching a video of Jack White the other day. I don't know who Jack White is, and you'd be pretty impressed. Jack Black? Are they related? <laughs> I, that's a good, maybe distant cousins. And Jack White can name every Beatles song by listening to the first second of the song. Like, can just rattle them off that's by listening impressive. to one second. Yeah, yeah I was watching it yesterday. Chord. He did it for you know. 20 minutes, and he got every one of them correct. It was crazy. On the same day, night, day in 1965, big day for uh, Miss Jan Howe. Uh, Canada replaces their Union Jack flag with the Maple Leaf flag. It's a good-looking flag, the Maple Leaf. Uh, it's, it's a classic one. I mean, yeah. I think they're the, one of the first British colonies to do that, I want to say. I mean, they've had that thing for a long time. Uh, this date, 1978, Billy Joel... Billy Joel's album, Just the Way You Are, wins a record of the year nice. at the Grammys. A real banger beam. In 1986, How Will I Know by Whitney Houston hits number one. And on this date, 1992, Jeffrey Dahmer sentenced to, 15 life, sentenced to 15 life sentences in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. What's he up to? Well, I don't know, Beam. That's a great question. He's got, you think he's a goner? Yeah. Uh, some birthdays today. Galileo, born on this date, 1564. Uh, Charles Tiffany, the founder of Tiffany's, born on this date, 1812. Susan B. Anthony, one year later in 1813. Ernest Shackleton, the famed Antarctic explorer. Schlegs has talked about some of his exploits. Yes, he has. On uh, this date, 1874. We read a case about him in uh, business school, so Schlegs loves uh, getting there. Uh, Harvey Corman, one of Sharks' favorites, born on this date, 1927. Uh, Gene Hickerson, Shark, you know who that is? Bob, come on now. I'm just you know asking. I'm a Browns fan. Well, you probably didn't watch him play, though. I did not watch him play, but he was a, uh, well, Hall of Fame uh, guard, offensive guard. That is true, and they were talking about his, uh, he was part of that last NFL championship team. Yeah. They were talking about that on uh, ESPN Radio uh, yesterday, they were down twenty-seven nothing at halftime. Or no, tied, tied in that game. I want to say. I think the final score was maybe it was tied twenty-seven nothing. Maybe it was tied zero-zero at half. Okay, and then they end up opening up a can. They were they were big underdogs, huge were, underdogs. Yeah, to Don Shula's uh, Colts. Yeah, so that's what it was. They were big underdogs, tied at halftime, and then opened up a can. Uh, Gene Hickerson doing that. Browns guard and Hall of Famer in 1935. Ken Anderson of the Bengals turning 75 years young. And how about Jane Seymour turning 73 years young? Dr. Quinn, and then also the star, uh, one of the, I don't want to say star, cameo in Wedding Crashers. You just had my stuff. You like them? Those seem like lovely t- Mrs. Cleary, oh, this is pretty sudden. You've been playing cat and mouse with me ever since you came here. <laughs> Mrs. Cleary, I don't... Call me cat. Call me kitty cat. <laughs> okay, kitty cat. This feels 
borderline inappropriate. <laughs> Feel what? I said, feel alone. This is Cleary. <laughs> I'm not letting you out of this room until you feel <laughs> really nice. Perfect. <laughs> Good job, Shark. Uh, I, told, I told Shark to grab yeah, that. Like, all the Jane Seymour kids. It really is. Great scene. Uh, Daryl Green turning 64, ageless cornerback for the Washington Redskins at the time, Hall of Famer. I mean, guy played forever. And then. Uh, born on this date, 1964. We lost him, age of 33 years young, in 97. Chris Farley celebrating a birthday today. Now, as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. First off, I am 35 years <laughs> old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Now, you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. (laughs) One of the classic, classic performances. Iconic, even, by our guy Chris Farley. Mark Price turning 60, one of Shark's favorites. Number one. I tried to get Shark to get some audio of him sinking free throws, but he said it wasn't loud enough. Uh, Yamir Yager, Shark's favorite hockey player of all time. Still playing, I think. 52 years young, Yamir Yager. Best mullet in the NHL. pretty sweet. You know what? He said his girlfriend's still 16, so it all works out for him. Did you say Collins? What what would you say? Yager? Gosh. (laughs) Collinsworth. That's that's, I just said that over. We'll get into that later because that I stumbled on that gem yesterday as well. You creep. Some great Collinsworth sound. Johnny Cueto, uh, former Red Royal, My guy. turning. Uh, who do you play the last four Giants? I yeah. believe. Yep. Uh, Giants turned thirty-eight. Some passings. Uh, Singer, musician, star Nat King Cole passed away on this date, nineteen to sixty-five. And Raquel Welch passed away on this date, twenty twenty-three. Try to get Shark to get a little audio of that cupcake on the wall. Johnny Cueto last played for the Marlins. Well, there you go. Good for him. Uh, that's where all crews go to die, I think. Yeah. Probably retired in front of a capacity crowd. I I think he's still playing, isn't he? Nobody's watching, though, in, in Miami, so no one knows. One-year contract with the Marlins, Shark. Free agent now. Yeah. Did he pitch in 2023? Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, some holidays observances. It is... International Angelman's Day, International Childhood Cancer Awareness Day, Love Reset Day. How about that? Uh, Love a Gumdrop Day, National Hippo Day. That's why Pablo Escobar is such a big fan of today. Mm-hmm. Nirvana Day, Remember Maine Day, Skeletor's Day, Susan B. Anthony Day as well. And those are your historical events, your birthdays, your passings, your holidays, observances for this date, Thursday, February 15th. The 46th day of the year with 320 days remaining this 2024. Good job of that, General. As always, the Chris Holman era is over at Ohio State. Do that coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and a good morning to you. Right now we are not tracking any major closures across central Ohio. I-71 back open in all directions of those southbound lanes after being shut down overnight. So if you're coming in from Delaware County, no problems that you'll run into. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Steigerwald. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Here's a list of undisputed facts. Beamer is round. Shark was a swinger. And no one derails a show like Bobby Carpenter. No one. This is Morning Juice. So we all have our normal daily routines that we go through, right? I get home yesterday and uh, we started to record our soccer podcast on Wednesdays now instead of Thursdays. Bone had to move some things around. and uh, So usually around 11, 11, 15, you know, I'll text guests for the next day to come on. And so I did that yesterday, right? I mean, I'm texting Jardy. I'm like, hey, you want to come on? We'll talk some basketball. And we got Purdue coming up here uh, this weekend. And that was about, they said, 11, 11, 15. Like, Williams had lunch. And, you know, we're upstairs playing in the playpen and having a good time. And I'm usually firing off texts to see if people want to come on the program the next day. And so Adam texts me back because he's flying from Madison. He's flying from Madison yesterday back home to Columbus. Mm-hmm. And so he texts me back. He's like, yep, no problem. No big deal. Uh, that'll be good. Like, just got to Chicago for my layover. And then, you know, 40 minutes later, the news breaks that Holtman's out. And I'm like, yeah. oh, boy, that's a pretty crazy day. So, like, Adam's on a flight, gets back to Columbus. And then Gene has a press conference last night. Uh, Chris, Chris Holtman uh, ultimately gets fired. Now, the interesting part uh, about this, and we'll check in with Adam coming up here in about 12 minutes time or so, 13 minutes, around 635 here. This morning about all things Chris Holtman and you know what do you take away from Gene in his press conference last night? Just, the problem is Bob, and I, we said this a couple of weeks ago, and I forget which game, not even a couple of weeks ago. I think it was the, it was the Indiana game, right? I mean, you blew a second second half eighteen point lead, and that yep. had been the second time you had done that this year. First one was on the road uh, at Penn State, and it's not like you had been road warriors at all. I mean, you were up against, and you're still technically up against the longest losing streak the program has ever had on the road. Not technically, you're in the middle of it. Yeah, I mean, you're you could be at the tail end of it, or you could be in the middle of it. Who knows how long this thing's going to go? Um, so, you know, it's just you felt like after the eighteen point collapse against Indiana. I mean, he had that press conference, and Shark, you know, you, you had put together like the two minutes of Holtman being fired at questions about and him answering, and he was pretty terse, and he was short. And at that point, you and I both said, like, that's a that's a guy who knows. I mean, yep. that's a guy who knows, and he understands everything that's going to come his way. And then we fast forward, obviously, you know, past the Wisconsin game, and they come back, uh, and that, that he gets fired. Now, to the tune of $12.8 million. That's a lot. That's a, lo- that's a lot of money for... Anyone to be bought out, that's a lot of money for a basketball coach to be bought out for sure. Yeah, at Ohio State, you know, especially, you know, given, I guess they're going, you're getting the new TV deal and there's new stuff that's happening. But yeah. with all the financial constraints that are had, that's, uh, there's a lot going on there. And that's a pretty hefty price tag to pay. And I'm not sure how the buyout works as far as timeline of it. I think it would go down. I think it was, I was looking at this actually a couple of weeks ago, and I think it come their March 1st or no, March 1st would still be in the middle of their season. Maybe April 1st, it would drop by, it would drop $3 million. Okay. So if they would wait till the end of the season, it would have dropped another $3 million. But then, the, you know, the timeline, I'm sure the, the, the payouts are over the remainder of the contract yeah. of how that'll ultimately work as well. And he has a number of years left on it, so it's probably not you have to. You know, it's not like you're paying it all up front at once. But 
so a large sum of money, but the reality is, you know, and Gene talked about it, that the stadium wasn't, or the arena, it's big. I understand that. And he addressed that. He goes, it's, he knows it's tough to fill, but you're going to have games where there's eight to 10,000, but you also need to have games, six to eight games a year where it's close to full. Yep. And it, that just hasn't been the case here recently. No, it hasn't. And it's such a cavern. And when you get only 8,000 people in that building, oh, it, it feels- it, I mean, it, it just feels empty. It feels empty and it, it feels like there's so much room in there and it's hard to create an environment. And that's the thing that has happened. And it's the most dangerous place for programs or really organizations professionally if you want to go down that road apathy is the most dangerous place that you oh, can yeah. live in you know if you want to be upset and you're still going to the games and you know that's one thing like if attendance is still there you know and diehard fans and you're going and you're still supporting the team and you know that things are wrong and you can be angry and you can be upset but once you turn from anger and upset and you turn that into lack of caring and apathy then all yeah. of a sudden that creates an entirely different problem set for a program, and that's exactly what had happened here. Yeah. Uh, people would just kind of, let's say given up on it, but yeah. it's just a lack of passion around it. Yeah. And, you know, that comes with, you know, fast starts, which is what they've had. They've started quickly, and things have looked good. They've got some nice non-conference wins. They'd win, you know, usually one of the Big Ten games, if not both, before, you know, the calendar would flip, and then you'd get to January and last year fell apart, and then this year it was kind of the same same script. And it was just incredibly frustrating. You're watching for them to break out of it, and they play well in spurts, so they give up leads and different things. And that's where some of that apathy beam, you know, ultimately stems from. That's where it's derived from is just the feeling that the results are going to be the same regardless. And that's a dangerous place to live. Of course it is, and that's the most dangerous place for, for an organization and a program to live now here was gene smith yesterday he had a press conference again we're going to check with adam jardy coming up in our next segment he was there um he was there last night talking to gene about what was going on inside of that program and here was gene talking about just the decision is about the program at whole you know my responsibility is to the program and it's to these young men that uh compete every single day um I don't care what sport it is and whatever it is. My, my responsibility is to those young people and, and to the program. And so uh, I just felt uh, at this particular time with six regular season games left and uh, what um, Big Ten tournament and you know, whatever the postseason brings, um, you know, a spark of energy was needed. And so it's, uh, it's about the program in the end. And I have to set aside my personal feelings and just go uh, with what's best for the program. Yeah, and he admitted in that press conference, too, that the contract extension was probably not a great great idea. Yeah, and you get caught up sometimes about where, where you are and you think things are turning the corner and you look optimistically at it and you think it could be better. And unfortunately, it didn't go that way. I will say this, though, about Holman. It did not appear that he had lost the team. Like they were still playing hard, mm-hmm. like knocking down shots. So like we're playing great, that's just not, we're playing bad. But the effort, like you didn't watch it and see guys walking around like heads down. Like I didn't see anything that would indicate to me the guy said quit on Chris Holtman. Yeah, which I would say speaks as a testament to Chris when you're going through, you know, a difficult stretch like that. But guys were still playing hard. They just weren't playing well. Beam. That's yeah. the difference. Yeah, I mean they got their I got their butts handed to them plenty of times. You know, on the road. I mean that Northwestern game where they were up almost. 
40 points. Mm. Like, yeah, I mean, you get blitzkrieged in some of these games, but effort was never an issue. But Gene obviously felt like he needed to make a move, and that's what had him. That's what happened. Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, he had a crazy day yesterday. He jarted on. He was at Gene's press conference last night. We're going to check in with him, talk all things uh, Holtman Exit coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Right now we are not tracking any major closures across central Ohio. Starting to see traffic pick up on 33 westbound coming in from the Canal Winchester area. Also on I-71 coming into the Columbus Metro. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What's the going rate for a good babysitter? Also, Shark needs a raise. You're listening to Morning Juice. Well, Thursday edition of the program, Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Outline. Checking with our good friend of the Columbus Dispatch. He is Adam Jardy. Adam, thanks so much for the time. Crazy day for you yesterday, traveling back from Madison, <laughs> trying to get back to Columbus. Then all of a sudden, around noon, news comes out that Chris Holtman is fired. And just it was probably a whirlwind of the day. Uh, for you personally, as I'm sure it was for the entire program, basketball program at Ohio State yesterday. Just, I mean, first and foremost, Adam, before we get into the teeth of it, I mean, where where did it all go wrong here uh, over the last over the course of this season? Well, I'm not sure if that was an uh, inadvertent Oasis Oasis song reference or not, but I'll I'll take it either way. Um, <laughs> it it just kind of slowly got here, really. I mean, and and really, if I faster had to than a cannonball. <laughs> uh, slowly walking down the hall, maybe a little. Um, yeah, it 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 kind of. I think that the there, there's two moments that stick out. The Oral Roberts loss felt like kind of a change, like just from that point, the program you you could find cracks if you were looking for them, and it just seemed like they could never quite get the momentum going again. And then the other thing that really did it was you know this decision to go young and build through uh, recruiting and developing and doing that against the backdrop of a time when college basketball is older than it's ever been. This team was just too young these last two years to try to compete at the level it needed to. And, and then if you would listen to, you know, the way Gene Smith talked last night, just felt they were not getting the talent out of that youth. And so it all leads to a situation where uh, they're not winning enough. People are starting to tune out and you get to a day like yesterday where they finally pull a plug. Uh, You know, what's interesting, Adam, like it felt like the team, Still playing hard for Chris. I mean, I understand that Northwestern loss was rough, but outside of that, you know, they would lose, and maybe there was poor play. But to me, it never looked like there was a lack of effort or a level of disinterest in any of the other losses. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't think he ever quote lost the locker room. These guys were still playing hard for him. I mean, you know, you look at that Wisconsin game Tuesday night. You know, they were down 17, and they fought. I mean, they scored on 10 straight possessions. They got the game down to six. They had a three-pointer. They would have cut it to three. Like, if you're not, if you're checked out and you're not really, you don't really care anymore, that, that doesn't happen. So uh, it, it was, that's why one of the things that was most interesting to me yesterday was, you know, Gene Smith just basically flat out saying, like, it wasn't necessarily about, um, you know, not having enough talent. It was not maximizing the talent, not realizing the potential. And um, that was the thing that I think was most surprising to me in that press conference was, Gene was pretty clear that he felt that this was a case they were not getting what they should be getting 
from these players, and that was a coaching issue. Yeah, it was a pretty wild press conference as we check with Adam Jardy of the Columbus Dispatch here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. And Gene, I mean, openly admitted, Adam, that, I mean, a big mistake was, you know, giving him the contract extension, and now you're on the hook for the $12-plus million buyout that Ohio State's going to have to fund. Yeah, that that's, I mean, that's a, that's a mark on, on Gene Smith's record. And, you know, this isn't, uh, Gene's demeanor in that press conference was interesting to me because, you know, he didn't come out with like an opening statement. Uh, he cut it off pretty quickly. You know, no, it, it was it was just a, a different kind of strange vibe where obviously Gene felt very emotional about it and spoke very highly of Chris as a person and and all that. But um, yeah, it, it at the time the the contract extension there was a lot of pushback from from the fan base um, when that was announced because he hadn't won a made a Sweet Sixteen, hadn't won a Big Ten title, and things like that. Like. But the, the jobs that Holtman had turned down and the number of schools that had been calling to try to get him to leave, you know, at that point in, in his tenure, there was still a very strong belief that it was going to turn and that there was sustained levels of success just right on the horizon. And it just obviously it didn't get there. And so hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, from an athletic department standpoint, they believed Chris Holman was the guy and there's enough of a track record that you, you could reasonably believe that. And there were, I mean, LSU, Arizona, Indiana, like go down the list of, of jobs that had opened in the last couple of years. They all were calling and trying significantly to get Chris Holtman to leave. And so um, it just didn't work out. I said uh, earlier on, Adam, that the most dangerous place for a program to live in, at least with its fan base, is apathy. And I think that's been pretty apparent this year. Uh, the attendance numbers at the shot and, you know, it was a decent crowd uh, over the weekend, but I just think when you start to get 8,000 people in the building, 9,000 people, and it's just a slow erosion, how much do you think that the attendance numbers played into this firing and, and kind of the swiftness of it? Yeah, I mean, that certainly had something to do with it, and you could feel it in the arena as as the season has gone on. I mean, you could feel it last year when the pressure really picked up, losing 14 or 15, but then, you know, there were, there were subtle changes throughout the year. I mean, the in-arena announcer during pregame introductions stopped yelling Chris Holtman's name um, and started just kind of saying it so as to not maybe get quite the reaction from people. There had been occasional boos during the season. Um, you know, at the Maryland game, there were four Maryland fans behind the, the Ohio State basket in the second half who were chanting fire Holtman, um, which was some, I thought, high-level trolling from, from the Terrapin fans. Um, there, were, there was a, a moment when the uh, Maryland game started, there were four fans in the Nuthouse student section who put uh, paper bags over their heads and when Holton was like yelling out instructions early in the game, they were standing and giving him thumbs down signals. Like when you're at a point that that kind of stuff is happening, it, I think it does force you to look in the mirror and ask some really tough questions about, you know, yeah, apathy and just the, the overall uh, conversation and mood around the program. Adam, despite all of those things happening, you know, why I guess now when you look at Gene is on his way out you know, the season, it's not like there's really a chance to potentially salvage. I mean, you're not going to most likely win out or, you know, make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament. And so, you know, with that, his buyout, I believe, drops you a couple million dollars more after the season. Why would six games left to make this move? Basically, the best answer I can give you on that is it seemed like they wanted to give the players a chance to finish the season with a different spark. They wanted to try to, to give them an opportunity to to have a better close to the year than what I guess they felt was possible under Holtman. You know, it's it's strange because I, I was sitting there yesterday thinking, you know, had they 
finish that comeback at Wisconsin. Would would this have happened yesterday? Because I don't I don't think so. But it also sounds like this is something, from my understanding, this had been in the works for at least a couple of days, even if nobody like on the staff or in the program was aware. Like from an administrative standpoint, like Gene Smith didn't just wake up Wednesday morning and then talk to Ross Bjork and talk to Ted Carter and say, "Hey, I'm making this move." Like they had been, this is something that had been apparently percolating for a little bit, and I would. I would wager that the Indiana loss was probably the the one. I mean, to be up eighteen at home, blow that game, and I, I would I would imagine that was probably the final straw. Um, but the, the timing of it is strange to me. And then in the press conference yesterday, Gene Smith was you know he he said that he didn't think that making this move now you know gives you more of an opportunity to find the next coach. He kind of downplayed the thought of using these next couple of weeks, which. Uh, didn't seem a little disingenuous. I mean, obviously they're going to be, you know, trying to figure out who the next guy is going to be and you're doing your due diligence, but he downplayed that notion, um, which I thought was, was odd as well. Cause that seems to me a pretty clear reason why you make a move at this point. I know Bob just mentioned that there's six games left in the regular season. You got Purdue, you know, number two team in the country coming in here uh, to the barn on Sunday. Uh, now the fascinating part with this move is that new NCAA rules, like as soon as a coach is, t- you know, terminated or moved on from, uh, that 30-day transfer portal window opens, Adam. Do you foresee, uh, with only six games left, that any of the current players will now exit swiftly out of the program? Um, it's hard to say right now. I have not gotten like word that anybody is like immediately getting ready to bolt. Um, you know, this is a, pro, a, a roster. By and large, these guys love Chris Holtman all you know as much as players can. I mean, these guys. Like like Bobby was asking earlier, like these guys still were playing hard and were still you know invested in these games. Um, you know they just weren't winning, and and you know that does get tiresome very quickly. And I think that was that was you know weighing guys down. But um, no, I, I think that the guys who weren't playing now they feel like they have an opportunity. Maybe you know under Jake Diebler they can get some minutes and showcase what they can do. And then you get to the end of the season and see who Ohio State's going to hire and go from there. But I mean. It, it's hard to say so so soon, but I, I do imagine this this means there's pro, you're probably seeing a pretty amount of of turnover once we get to the end of this, whatever whenever that is, because um, that's just that's the nature right now. And so yeah, I would imagine a pretty different looking roster next year. Um, final one for me here quickly. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, they're they're a young team, and you had said that there was a difference in philosophy, really maybe from Holtman to Gene Smith or the athletic department about being young versus old. Do you have any origins on why the bifurcation there, and why maybe there's a preference to stay young? Is that an NIL thing? I mean, where where was the origins of that? When you could see the the best teams in college basketball, I mean, worked through the portal some, and you have more of a veteran roster. Yeah, I mean, it started before you had uh, the transfer waiver fully, you know, approved, and you know, everyone can kind of go, go come and go when they want. So. Um, the situation changed after they had fully committed to this, but I mean, they also just really highly believed in this group of players and um, they felt this was the best way to build a sustainable uh, level of success in an era of constant roster turnover. And so that was, that was the belief at the time. And I don't think anybody realized that it was going to be as bumpy as it became. And I think they didn't, they clearly didn't do enough in the portal to supplement the youth. And so that's how you kind of end up in this situation where you're waiting for these young guys to turn that page and play like veterans and play like, you know, guys who have been around the block. And, you know, you're, you're still honestly kind of waiting on that. And if, 
you know, they had maybe gone out and gotten one or two more guys in the portal who are just veteran dudes that are going to come in and tear things up and get in guys' faces and, you know, play with an edge. It would have helped these young guys. And that's, uh, you know, in the roster construction of the last three years, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest issue is if you're going to make this plan of getting young, building that way, you needed to do more to help those guys out. And, and they didn't. And then when you are the youngest team in the Big Ten, two years running, it's it's a tough uphill climb every night, and they just didn't have enough to, to get there. Adam, always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us here this morning, especially after crazy day yesterday. Uh, have a good day today, buddy, and we'll check in again soon, okay? All right, thanks for having me. There he goes, Adam Jardy, Columbus Dispatch, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Great stuff out of him, uh, as always. Sure, he's got a long couple of days ahead of him. Everyone wants a piece of the Vegas pie. Do that in the quick hitters next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and good morning. Right now we are not tracking any major closures across central Ohio. Starting to see traffic pick up on 33 westbound coming in from the Canal Winchester area. Also on I-71 coming into the Columbus Metro. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stark. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. The hardest part of your workday is over. You've managed to get out of your fart sack. Attention campers, lunch has been canceled today due to lack of hustle. This is Morning Juice. We're here on The Juice and brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Morning Juice presents Quick Hitters. Hey, Sharky. Yes. Happy Thursday to you. Yes, happy Thursday to you, boys. You know, less than a decade ago, the city of Las Vegas didn't have a pro sports team. By the end of this decade, it could have four the Vegas Golden Knights of the NHL began play in 2017. The NFL's Raiders moved from Oakland to Las Vegas in 2020. Baseball's A's are leaving Oakland for Vegas probably in time. The, the Vegas mayor told them to head back to Oakland. Yeah, they did. Yes, you're right about that. But uh, they're building a stadium there, Bob, anyway. And uh, the A's will probably move there in 2028, and that leaves the NBA. Yesterday, Commissioner Adam Silver appeared on the Pat McAfee Show and was asked about an expansion team in Los Angeles. We have one more year left on our television deals in the U.S. after this year, and so we want to figure out what our media relationships are going to look like, but then we will turn to expansion. And Vegas is definitely on our list. What's what's remarkable about Las Vegas, it's not that large a market. Last I looked, I think it was the 44th largest market or something like that. But man, do they punch above their weight. So, Bob, it uh, it will happen sooner or later. That's what we want is more NBA teams, mm-hmm. more NBA basketball. That's what the world is clamoring for. Maybe the world. I don't know about the United States. Was there a follow-up on there, Shark, about Adam Silver, Pat McAfee, asking him if he wanted like a protein shake or maybe a sandwich? <laughs> a weight gainer bar? A little weight gainer, anything. I mean, Adam Silver, it looks like he might get blown away in the wind. (laughs) I feel like he might be actually training to go as Skeletor for Halloween. I mean, my goodness. But Vegas, you know why Vegas is great? Because it's a tiny market as far as population, 
But everybody travels there for games. And, like, you have a built-in audience with casinos being able to buy them all up and they're going to give them out, you know, comps and everything else. People make weekends out of it. I get it. But I, I don't think we need more NBA teams. But go ahead, Adam. Whatever you want. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's all in the almighty dollar, right? And if no, there's Mark more money, Davis buy a team. If there's oh God, that would be great. I say Mark Davis should buy should just own every team in Las Vegas. Uh, if it's in the city parameters, then uh, he should be able to do that. But yeah, I mean, look. He nailed it. They they punched above their weight. They show up. They show out for Golden Knights games. We know the success that they've had. Uh, the Raiders have been toiling the last couple of years, but there's obviously momentum with Antonio Pierce to see what they do. And they support their teams. And it's a great road trip, right? I mean, if you were to go see your team somewhere in a destination, if you're a fan, like Vegas checks all the boxes for you. So I mean, this thing isn't going to slow down anytime soon. And it does sound like it's just going to be a matter of time before they do get another franchise there. The headlines read, Warriors made bid for LeBron James. Not sure that's uh, totally accurate. It wasn't actually a bid. No trades were discussed uh, because they never got that far. But the Golden State owner did call the Lakers owner and ask if LeBron was available. The Lakers owner, Jeannie Buss, said, we're not looking to trade LeBron, but hey, go ask LeBron and his agent. (laughs) They did. And they were told that LBJ likes it in L.A. Beamer and isn't interested in going somewhere else. Saw Woj tweet this yesterday. I'm like, boy, that would have been a a pretty wild thing to see LeBron and Steph Curry play on the same team. I mean, remember the Kevin Durant treatment that he got Mm. when he left Oklahoma City and decided, you know what, I'm going to take my talents to the Bay Area and go to the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, just saw this come down. I'm like, that that would be a nice hypothetical to see LeBron and Steph on the same team. But I don't actually think... But I need to see that in person. Again, I'm not watching a ton of NBA, uh, but I think the collective of the NBA Twitter sphere and everybody who is a fan of that league would have lost their minds. The thing is, this is a much different Golden State team than yeah. the one that Kevin Durant joined. I mean, they're struggling. You know, Clay's not what he was. Draymond's out here going crazy. You know, they, they're getting older. Like, And it would be interesting to see, and I was listening to something about this this morning, about whether LeBron stays in L.A. after this season. You know, he he's playing for one reason right now, to try to win another ring. Mm-hmm. He has played 20 years. It's like he's as old as me. So, the only reason he's coming back is to go hunt a ring and maybe play with his son. I think he'd like to do that in L.A., but their team doesn't look like there's a path to success. So, I could see him agreeing to a trade. It almost seems like this exploration may not have been for now as much as it was for the summer. From 2017 to 2020, Robert Sala was defensive coordinator of the 49ers, helped them reach the Super Bowl, which vaulted him. Before that, he was Xerxes. To a head coaching job of the Jets. He was replaced by D'Amico Ryans, who last year coached the Niners defense to the second-ranked defense in yards allowed, first in points allowed. That vaulted him to a head coaching job at the Texans. Steve Wilkes. Had big shoes to fill. 49ers slipped to eighth in total defense this season, which is, you know, still really good, but not up to San Francisco standards. Bobby, the Niners fired Wilkes yesterday after just one season. Well, I saw something, too, where they were giving up like six or seven more points in the playoffs than they did during the regular season. And, you know, Wilkes, here's the thing. It's not like he was coming in there and having to rebuild a defense. No. I mean, they gave him Chase Young in the middle of the year. I mean, they were going all in. They've got one of the best defenses, talent-wise, in the NFL. And I think Steve Wilkes is a good coach. Sometimes it's just not a fit, you know, for what you want to do and how guys are playing. And you've got to figure that out. The last two coordinators they've had have been really good and have had a lot of success. 
And you saw then D'Amico Ryans was able to parlay that into yeah. success as a head coach as well. And so uh, it was surprising after one year, but it's not shocking given the fact that San Francisco, they're playing for titles right now. Yeah, and that's exactly, Bob. You hit the nail on the head. The margins are razor thin for them, right? I mean, when you get to the mountaintop and you're so close and you have a lead in overtime, you got a double-digit lead at the beginning of the game, and then all of a sudden Grim Reaper number 15 shows up and rears his head and you have some defensive collapses and you lose on a defensive stand in the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden somebody's going to have to be the fall guy and that guy, unfortunately, uh, for the 49ers was Steve Wilkes. Getting to more Chris Holtman talk in the re-rack coming up next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning to you. Right now we do not have any crashes across Central Ohio that we are tracking, but we are seeing busy traffic on I-70 coming in from the far west side. Also on 33 coming in from Pickerington. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuggerwald. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you make a wise crack about Dayton pizza, Beamer will murder you dead. Ah, uh, humor. I have it too. This is Morning Juice. Hour number two of the program for us on a Thursday. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Coming up here at 7.35, going to check in with Steve Hellwagon of Bucknuts. He was at the Gene Smith press conference last night talking all things Chris Holtman firing. Talk to Steve at 735-805. Coming up here, Albert Breer, MMQB. Talk a little cigarettes, talk a little... Mm. Uh, slot machines. Slot the Vegas, machines. The Vegas Airport. Yeah, that's right. Hanging out with Mark Davis. Checking with AB. Talk all things uh, NFL with him coming up at 805. Adam Jardy coming up at 835 this morning. Uh, talk to him in the 6 o'clock hour. Going to replay that for you. Good, good stuff from Adam. Some great insight uh, earlier on with us about all things Ohio State and what was going on uh, and what ultimately led to the firing and the $12.8 million buyout for Chris Holtman. And then Jackets forward Kent Johnson. He's going to round out the program with us at 848 a little bit later on here this morning. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning, it's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus, your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. Hey, Bob, why don't you give me a number? Oh, let's go. Let's go with number I'm trying to think of a number of significance right now beam and I'm struggling but outside of that let's just go with number five Car number five you get in right now 614-821-9710 that's the phone number you get into shark and you're going to be walking away with a pair of tickets to go see Ohio State take on Purdue on Sunday tickets are on sale through OhioStateBuckeyes.com uh, game number one of the Jake Debler era so you get to go yeah. see that. You get to go see the number two team in the country, big man Zach Eady. How does this Buckeye team, do they bounce back? So call in right now, 614-821-9710. You get into Shark. You'll be walking away with a pair of tickets to go see the Buckeyes and the Boilermakers. Uh, talked to some women's basketball yesterday a lot. Uh, could have been a stiff, a stiff home test for the Ohio State women's basketball team against Nebraska. They were flying high. Big victory uh, over Iowa, of course, on Sunday. Buckeyes got it done in a big way, too, against Sparty. Uh, no problem. Midweek game for them. 80-47. to 43-point victory for the Buckeye women's team as they continue 
to just cruise along here in the months of January and the months of February. Here was Kevin McGuff, head coach, talking about the 33-point victory last night. It was a good win for us, obviously. I, I liked our effort. Uh, we came out of the locker room at halftime really inspired, and we made some adjustments there. Press, our, they, they executed terrifically and um, you know, kind of put the game out, out of reach then. 33-pointer. <laughs> You'll take that. You'll take that every single day. Of the week, just worry. The only thing to worry is like, is they, are they peaking too soon? Yeah. Like that's the only. You're never gonna get upset about that. Of wins, they're playing great ball right now, yeah. man. Where they have four games left, I think. Yeah, four games left. So you want to finish strong. If they can beat Iowa, we get a solo cha- uh an outright Big Ten regular season championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you beat Iowa, I think you probably solidify a number a one seed. Outside of just losing in the first round of the tournament or something like a you know, Big Ten tournament, yeah. But I would say winning the Big Ten with how good they are and two victories over Iowa would, would get you there. And they're close, man. They're close. Heck, if they win their next two, what they have four games left. If they win their next three heading into Iowa, they'll get a share of it regardless of what happens. Yeah, of course. So you got Penn State. They get a week off too, by the way. So that's nice. They get a little respite uh, for them. Then they get Penn State, and then of course the. Th- Three legs at the very end of the season. Maryland, Michigan, uh, and then that return trip to Iowa City. 30 turnovers they forced last night. 30. 3-0. Talked to Matt Andrews yesterday, and he said, I'll go with 18. 19 seems like a pretty good number. McGuff says anytime you reach those upper teens, we feel like we have a good chance. Uh, What translated into a 33-point victory? Well, that would be 30 turnovers that you forced against Nebraska last night. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot. I mean... How many possessions are you getting right. like during a game? I feel like if you're forcing 30 turnovers, you're probably the your opposition turned the ball over on probably about 40% of their possessions. 29 points off turnovers last night. And that's And you won by 33. That's ridiculous. I mean, I want to know how many literally how many possessions that Nebraska had. Like if you get 30 turnovers, that's, I mean, being that, what do you have, 70 possessions in a game? Yeah, 80, they, they 80. shot 50 field goals and had 30 turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. That is utterly ridiculous. Good job. Yeah. They're was, playing well. They are playing well. So like I said, they got a week off uh, ahead of them. So good job as they continue to cruise here uh, through the months of January and February. Um, Ohio State fired Chris Holtman yesterday. Gene Smith taken to the podium last night, talking all things decision and the buyout. You know, we've been talking a lot this morning, and of course you can listen to our podcast if you want to listen to the 6 o'clock hour when we were kind of first uh, breaking it down here. And I'll just continue to say, I mean, it's just it was just the apathy around the entire program, which I feel like was the most dangerous place to be in. And then you blow that 18-point lead last week against Indiana. Then you go on the road and you lose um, – you, know, you lose to Wisconsin the way you did. You followed it up with a nice victory you know, last weekend against Maryland. But at that point, I, I don't think it really mattered. And Adam Jardy said earlier, like, yeah, maybe the wheels started to click in motion after that 18-point collapse, which was the second time that this happened uh, this year. And it just never it never fully came to fruition for Ohio State. And you started to look kind of at the past, and you, know, you had that Oral Roberts loss, and then you get... Uh, to the Villanova game the year after that, and you know, don't get run out of the building, but you have a second round exit once again, and then all of a sudden, Bob, like you started off the year great in non conference, the wheels came off in January and February. We're doing it all again. We're going to reassess. We're going to rebuild this team. This time, we're going to go younger. You're going to rely on Felix. You're going to rely on Bruce, and you're going to rely on Roddy. 
And all of a sudden, you know, those guys maybe aren't performing up to their standards. Jamison Battle not performing up to his standards. And then it got away from me a little bit. It was an and or kind of a thing. Defensive would collapse one game. Offense would be there. Offense wouldn't be there the next game. And it would be a decent defensive performance. But uh, whenever you lose, haven't won a road game and, you know, a year plus, like that's going to be an issue. And I feel like people around this program and who are fans of this program had total apathy for it. And all of a sudden the numbers started declining in the arena and you were getting 8,000 people a game. And Gene said, that's enough. We're going to pay the $12.8 million buyout. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wild to kind of see how that all spiraled beam. It felt like you said that, that Indiana comeback was probably the nail in the coffin. And the fact that you're in the midst now of one of the longest road losing streaks in school history. And then you couple that with when you go to the arena, there are not a lot of people there. And no juice in the arena. Yeah, there's just no juice. And you know, Gene talked about that during his press conference where it's like, yeah, there there's going to be times where you know there's people that don't show up even when the things are good, but you need to have six to eight near sellouts a season. Here was Gene talking about you and like disagreeing that the total fandom of the Buckeye basketball team has died. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean you guys are opinion makers. To say that it died on the vine. Lowest attendance you've ever had. Yeah, but it's still 8,000. We can debate that all we want to, but at the end of the day, this this is 8,000 fans at the last game that we won. So the facts are this. We have to have expectations consistent with reality. There's going to be games throughout the year where you're going to have 8 or 10. You guys seem to forget that conversation from like 10 years ago. Reality is that's going to happen. It happened during Thad Mata's years. Go back and look at the numbers. There were eight and ten thousand fans periodically throughout the season. However, to your point, there's got to be six, seven, or eight games where we're close to that sellout or at the sellout. We haven't had that. To your point, that's really what you're talking about. It hadn't died on the vine. At the end of the day. Uh, we need to get better. We need to win. And my advice to Ross is simple. Product, place, price. That's marketing. You got to win. You got to win. And if you don't win, but, you become apathetic, and then all of a sudden you get that. And if you don't have – if you have a question where things get a little hostile, the key is, Shark, is you want to bed the press conference – with some Rihanna playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. We found love in a hopeless place. Man, that's kind of ironic. I mean, as I'm listening to that, yeah. I was like, play that again. Listen, listen. Where, by the way, where is this music coming from? Well, it was, at the, it was at the women's game. It was an hour before the women's game is when this press conference was taking place. So they got music he, blowing sitting through out, the Sitting in the, right there in the concourse? That's so funny. I mean, you guys are opinion makers. Wait for it. To say that it died on the vine. Lowest attendance you've ever had. Yeah, but it's still 8,000. We can debate that all we want to, but at the end of the day, this this is about 8,000 fans at the last game that we won. So the facts are this. We have to have expectations consistent with reality. Pick it up. There's going to be games throughout the year <laughs> where you're going to have eight or ten. It was Rihanna. That was good. I'll, listen, Coach, I already had it pulled up. I mean, that's the fact that we're doing that in an area where you can hear the ambient noise from. And is that in the media room then? Yeah, well, I, I, I would assume that it was. Yeah, I saw him with the backdrop and everything. That's doors not closed. Uh, yeah, someone closed the door. Can we turn the music down just till the press just, is over? Just a skosh. I mean, can we give? Gino, 15 minutes of silence here. 
That's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was some pushback there. I mean, yeah. and, and so, Steve, I mean, we'll talk to Steve coming up. Here so here's in the thing: minutes. eight thousand is eight thousand. Yeah. The problem is eight thousand in an arena for eighteen thousand looks rough. Eight thousand in an arena for twelve thousand doesn't look as bad. Makes you feel a little bit better. Gene didn't build that. You know, Ross Bjork didn't build that. You know, Andy Geiger built that arena. Or maybe he didn't even it was it was maybe done before Andy he did. Andy. He did it. I think that was the first piece shark in Andy Land when they started building that over there. And it Frankly, you know, they built that, and they built Nationwide, and it's a massive arena. It's yeah. cavernous. And unless you're filling that bad boy up, it's going to feel weird. Now, I went to one of the first games there, and my dad, I remember him vividly telling me this. We went there in you know, 98, 97, whenever that could opened up. And it's like, man, this place looks awesome. It was like the first time I'd ever been to like an NBA-style pro arena. arena. A pro arena. And yeah. he's like, yeah, but I don't know if you really want to play college basketball in here. Right. And... I didn't no, get it. He hit I mean, the nail on the head. You know, I was in junior high at the time. This like, place looks sweet. It's like it's big. You know, he better be good. And that yeah. was when Ohio State really wasn't good at basketball. Now, obviously, you get to the point where you're playing really well and you're filling that thing up for the big games six to eight times a year. But that's still tough. You're still going to have games in the non-conference where you're drawing seven, six, seven, eight thousand people over you know around Christmas and everything. So there, there's always going to be those issues, and that's something that. You know, Chris Holman, that's it's not unique to him. It was happening during Thad. But I do believe there was some apathy for that. You know, and you can talk. It's not just people in the building. It's the environment in the building as it's well. Aw- it's awful. I mean, it is it is truly awful in there. And so, I frankly, I don't know. And you and I... Oh, is it, is there, I don't think there's a way to fix that. Right, and you and I can talk all we want. Get out the bulldozers? Hope it's not a strategy and level that sucker and... You know, if I was making the decisions, I would. I'd level it, but I'm not. And you're they also still, on the hook for fifty million dollars yeah, on that thing. Still owe money. Where are you going to get that? Well, you burn it down, B. <laughs> you, get ins- you get the insurance money. <laughs> have good insurance claim on. Here's the bad news about that: Ohio State uh, self insures, which means they don't carry insurance. They just have a lot of money to to be able to pay things out when they need to. So. I don't think burning it down would actually... Maybe they do have a building policy on it. I'm not sure how that works, but I think burning it down might be your best strategy. Like Milton from The Office. That's what I was going to say. him in there. Office space. Get that done. I mean, you're going to... We need somebody to take someone's red stapler. Absolutely. And then kickstart the fire. Who started the fire? I don't know, but awful situation. Chris Holtman out after seven years, $12.8 million. Going to be on the hook with that. We're going to check in with Steve Hellwagon and Bucknuts coming up here uh, in about 20 minutes' time uh, to talk all things Chris Holtman. Going to take a break from that conversation. It does look like the Jackets, here's some good news, are finally, we're going to get it, the outdoor game here in Columbus. We'll do that next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning and happy Thursday. Right now, no crashes across Central Ohio to let you know about, but we are seeing traffic pick up on I-71 coming into the Columbus Metro and on 33 coming in from Canal Winchester. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stugger. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restaurant specialist on your team. You won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. 
Counting down the days until Sharks retirement. You are listening to Morning Juice. Here's Long here. A little Thursday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Tons of Holtman talk for the first hour and 20 minutes here of this program. You want to go back and listen to that after the show. Of course, we got a podcast for that. Anywhere you get your podcast from, uh, you can just download that on iTunes, uh, wherever, wherever. I don't even know all the podcast platforms, but we're on them. Shark puts that together so nicely. Mm. Uh, on, after, the, on the on the streams. On the, yeah, we're on the streams, too. If you're going into work, you want to listen to the stream, we got that covered for you uh, as well, if you hop out of your car. So here's some good news. And we saw this kind of leaked out uh, last week a little bit, and now we got some big-time confirmation on it. Aaron Portsline of The Athletic are reporting, after years of waiting, now this is, this is Portsy's words, uh, after years of waiting and wanting, the NHL is finally bringing an outdoor game to Columbus next season. A league source did confirm, confirm to The Athletic yesterday it's going to be a stadium series game between the Jackets and the Red Wings Saturday, March 1st of 2024. Five. So mark your calendars. Okay. Mark your calendars for that. So good. They got the series right. It's Detroit and Columbus. Yep. Which are the two teams it should be. Yep. If you're going to do it in Columbus, if you're going to do it in the shoe, which is great. However, why did we? Why are we playing it in March? It's the coldest time of the year. It's not the coldest time of the year. We don't have cold times of the year. Why don't anymore? they play it on? You know, I don't know. Pick a weekend. MLK weekend, President's weekend, March or February or or January. You know, put it in a, a time like that. I saw him play a game at Lake Tahoe a couple of years ago where it was 60 degrees and sunny out. I mean, that's uh, it's, I'm saying the ice is going to be a, it could be a slush rest. Now, granted, it's been pretty nice here, but why in February? But I guarantee, like, why are you putting this thing to March? Number one, I mean, the Jackets might be out of it by then. That's true. Eliminate the might. Yeah. So. There's a chance of that. Why don't you make it a game of consequence like earlier in the year? Heck, put that bad boy in between like Christmas and New Year's. Put it right in the smack dab when the schools are off break. I mean, you get people to come and show up for that. December 22. It'd be fantastic. And so there's a lot of other times. Like, they're halfway there, but they're still living on a prayer beam. I think this is great news for the city. I mean, it's really neat that we're going to get... One of these things, and for as long as and I can remember. you got the right team with Detroit. Yeah, of course. I mean, you nailed it. You got it right. Jackets fans for a long time have been wanting this. Even if you're not a Jackets fan, I think that you wanted to see a game at Ohio Stadium, an outdoor hockey game. Yeah. I mean, it had been in the rumors for so long, and all it took, well, you know what, Bob? I mean, what maybe. It, what did it take? I was going to say, well, we did had heard the reports. Fire your coach before the season? <laughs> we had heard the reports, This was it this past summer or in the fall, that the NHL was working with Ohio State and Maybe getting some stadium renovations done. I guess it took. Are we getting the horseshoe winterized? Like did I did I miss that story? There's a winterized. What are we talking? I about? hey, that's not my if term. That's theirs. I, I'm done with it too because they say you can't grow grass in there, dude. You can grow grass anywhere. They grow it. In, they grow it inside now in Vegas and roll it outside. Get some lights. I watched those hydroponic lighting systems that Shark has in his house. They've got those down at. Uh, the Death Star over over yeah. top of the grass for the crew all the time. So I don't want to hear about that. You can do anything that you want if you're willing to to, to maybe try to solve some problems. Like, oh, it's built too old. Yeah, they renovated it in 2002. You can go in there and do some things to make sure it'll be fine. Is it going to be a pain in the butt? Yeah, sure. It won't be easy. But don't give me that, that winterization nonsense. I'm done with that. Wasn't that the plumbing issue, though? I, that the I don't want to hear plumbing. So what... They blow the lines and stuff. It, it. I'll be honest with you. It freezes in November. Yeah. It's not like that's something that doesn't happen. Late November, around Thanksgiving, like you just couldn't not have the heat on in your house. Like that's not an option. That's true. Your pipes would freeze. So don't tell me like, 
oh, after December 1, it's too cold. It's cold before that. <laughs> so, no, I don't want to hear that. But, yes, obviously they solved some problems. Maybe dollars helped that. Yeah. And the reality is, too, there's a good chance Ohio State could be hosting a college football playoff game. Bing, 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 bing. And there that's going to be in late December. December. So you're gonna have to. Solve we hope they're not. I hope they get the buy. Well, get the buy, but who knows? I mean, this thing will probably go to 16 eventually. So yeah. you'll probably have home sites eventually. First two, you know, first it. two round, like for top eight teams. So it, it'll get there. So you might as well get ahead of the game. But yeah, that's where we're at. So what are we talking about, man? Porty said the league sent a group of executives. Uh, the NHL did, including Vice President of Creative Development Steve Mayer. Uh, any relation to John? I hope to Columbus to watch Ohio State, Michigan State on November 11th. Mayor told the Athletic oh, then I'm sure that was the rockets environment that it was not an official visit. I went to that one. Technically, it was the league uh, has had those done previously in Columbus, but simply a chance for him and others to experience Ohio Stadium at full capacity. The attendance was 105 plus that day, and it did be clear become clear in later months that the Blue Jackets, Ohio State, and the NHL were working to land the game together. I mean, it's got to be, it's one of the cooler things that we're going to get here in this city. It's awesome. It's great. I can't believe it took this long to get it done. You got one of the most iconic venues in all of college, or all of sport, really, in the country. And you can even argue all of the world. I mean, it's one of the oldest stadiums, one of the first concrete stadiums ever built. You know, you look at the Roman architecture and everything around it. Yeah. I mean, I watched a PBS documentary on it about four years ago, them building it. Ken Burns. I don't know who did it, but it was, it cost them a million bucks. I mean... Could have put two chicks in there for a million bucks. <laughs> you can do that without a million. Yeah. Well, a guy yeah. like me, you can't. <laughs> for a guy like me, you can't. So they, I mean, it's an unbelievable venue. It checks a lot of boxes. I don't know why it's this late in the season, why they couldn't do it earlier. It's not the winter classic. No. By March 1st, you're you're approaching spring. Spring is on the horizon. We're, we're hoping for spring at that point. We're within a month of spring right now. Or yeah. Not with a close. We're close to within a month. Of spring, so at March first, you're there. I mean, what are we talking about? I got a a tweet message from Kyle yesterday, and this is this is great. This is the stuff that you're going to want to hear. We're all a fans tweet of the message. Yeah, we're all fans you sound of like the, you're a thousand years old. Uh, I am. Someone a DM'd years old. you? Yeah, someone DM. Someone slid into my DMs. Kyle slid in my DMs. He said, uh, "Make sure you get this across Bob's plate." Um, we're all fans of the TPC Waste Management Open. Did you see the arrest numbers that came out this weekend? I don't care. They should have arrested less people. <laughs> Calls for action. In 2022, calls for service, so like police service, in 2022 was 440. Okay. Last year it was 558. This year, 653. I love it. I mean, Arrests in 2022, zero. Yeah. Arrests in 2023, 18. Arrests this past year, 54. You drop those numbers, man. Make Ejections, you- 90 in 22, 102 in 23, up to 211 this past year. That's the golf that we need. <laughs> If Liv was able to replicate that, I'd go to every Liv event. <laughs> Liv correspondent, I, Bob Carpenter. I've watched some of those guys walk around there at the Waste Management Tour, and I use the term walk loosely. They're fighting gravity beam, <laughs> fighting know. it hard. Yeah. I mean, it's trying to drag them to the surface of the earth, and they're saying, no, not today. I will attempt to stand upright like a human being. The video of, was it Nick Taylor who won this past weekend, Shark? A video of Nick Taylor sinking his winning putt, and there's this guy who is watching him sink his putt, grabbing onto his buddy's shoulder, literally arched all the way back. And as soon as he makes the putt, his buddy gets excited, jumps up in the air, starts his clapping, friend his friend, boom, right on his back. Well, I mean, you got to be a good buddy. You got to take care of your folks. But that that is the type of sporting events in golf. That's what I'm here for. Something that looks similar to the purge. 
but at a golfing event, but with lots of booze involved. Steve Hellwagon of Bucknuts. He was at Gene's press conference last night. Do some Holtman talk with him next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. Right now, no crashes across central Ohio, but we are seeing traffic pick up on 161 over on the northeast side, coming in and out of the New Albany area. Also on 33 westbound, coming in from the southeast side. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stocker. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to Rob Manfred's least favorite radio show. This is Morning Juice. This is along here, a little Thursday edition of the program. Right now we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline Check with our good friend. He is Steve Hellwagon of Bucknut. Steve, thanks for the time. Crazy day yesterday. You were at Gene uh, Smith's press conference last night talking about the Chris Holtman firing, $12.8 million buyout. Now we listened to a cut from you, Steve. Uh, talking all things attendance numbers and what was going on and the dip in attendance. And uh, it got a little frothy there, you and Gene. Well, it did. And, and I do have a, a little bit of regret. That wasn't my my intention to place all of the issues at his feet, although he is the athletic director. I I guess, uh, again, I've, I've probably covered 90% of the games that have been played at Value City Arena in 26 years. So I feel like I've got a pretty good uh, barometer of, of what's happened there over the years. And even when they were 12-2 and two early in the season, they weren't drawing many fans to come to these games. And by almost 2,000 fans, this is going to be the lowest attended season that they've ever had in that building. And, uh, you know, the worst year for attendance all the way back to the last year at St. John where they didn't even draw over 10,000 people So on average. So... To me, there are issues there, and I just wanted to get his response to what he can tell Ross Bjork about how to get this solved to get it. I mean, no no one is expecting, unless you've got Greg Oden and Mike Conley, that you're going to sell out 18,000 people for an entire season as they did that year. Uh, I think that uh, – but, but to be – under 11,000 is ridiculous, and I, I guess that's just kind of where I was going with that. Before we move forward, Steve, let's take a step backwards. Where did where did this thing get off the rails for Chris Holtman? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you could go back to Oral Roberts, you know, three years ago, but uh, that was kind of the, be- you know, where, where public sentiment began to turn against him that day. But, uh, you, you know, I just think that uh, you get into the last two seasons – and uh, nine and twenty-five in Big Ten play, sixteen straight road losses, and it's not just losing; it's the way that they lost two times this year. They blew eighteen-point leads at Penn State, and then the the death knell I think was last week at home against Indiana. For that to happen is just uh, at home is just unbelievable. And you also had the game at Northwestern, guys, uh, down eleven at halftime, and then midway through the second half. They fell behind by 24 more points. They were down 35 midway through the second half. And, uh, you know, it just gives the impression the team quit. And uh, I think that, uh, 
as uh, Gene Smith did say yesterday, it was time for a, a spark, uh, maybe some new leadership in the program, and they're going to go in a different direction. And, and, you know, last year they won a few games at the end of the season. We're going to see if they can uh, pull that off, uh, maybe something like that again this year. Why Why now, in your opinion, Steve? I know Gene kind of addressed some of the different issues, but why do you think this happened? It's buyout drops, I believe, at some point after the season by a couple million bucks that you could have saved there. It, it, winning a couple games at the end of the season isn't of consequence right now. It's, so what, where do you, what, why? Why at this time? Well, I, as I say, I think he thought uh, Gene did, or or the university. Uh, you know, Ted Carter, the president, signed off on this that uh, that now was a time where they could potentially still salvage something out of this season. If they're, you know, you figure you're you're swimming upstream here on Sunday against number two Purdue. They've been uh, just a, a juggernaut. I mean, you know, only two losses all season. It's a good one for Debler to start on. We're going to march yeah. you right out there in front of the firing squad. Well, the game's on CBS, and I think... Perfect. That, Public uh, what, for everybody to see. What they did, yeah, this is kind of like Luke Fickle being fed to the wolves <laughs> there in 2011, but I think that uh, what uh, what they didn't want was there to be uh, an open revolt of the fans on national television. That wouldn't have looked good if they get down 15 or 20 points in that game, which... You know, they play the game between the lines. We'll see what, what this team's made of. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is they did lose eight out of nine. And, uh, you know, it was the same, you know, falling down as last year when they lost, what, 14 out of 15. So it it just, I think, looked and felt, I think, to the leadership that it was time to, to move on from Holtman. And, uh, you know, public sentiment in Holtman was about as low as it could possibly get. So, uh, you know, try and salvage something out of this season, I guess. He is Steve Hellwagon of Bucknets with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We knew when Ted Carter came in, Steve, that, you know, he's going to be a little more aggressive and, and obviously that he, he was um, going to be have his hands more kind of in the sports realm and, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Like, that's just the way that it is going to be moving forward uh, with him. And, I mean, it's been pretty aggressive. Like, you pair that with a Brian Kelly buyout, and now you pair that with a 12 plus million dollar buyout for Chris Holtman. And it doesn't seem like the university is now kind of afraid to splash the cash uh, when it comes to athletics and buyouts and everything kind of moving forward. Yeah. You know, I think you look at it and uh, when they released that they grossed $275 million during the calendar year of 2023, I think that tells you what this is. It's a, it's a, it's a business. It's big business. And we've known that for a long time, but the amount of money that's coming in and think about this guys, that was in a year where they only had six football home games. This year, in 2024, they're going to have uh, eight football home games, plus uh, whatever else new out of the Big Ten television deal, although I think a lot of that kicked in in 2023. And then I think CBS probably has a, a bigger component to that this coming season with a full schedule of games. And then finally, they just came out that the new playoff is going to be worth $1.3 billion dollars. And, you know, as I kind of get my cocktail napkin out and start jotting down, you know, that's real money. And, you know, even the group of five schools ought to get a little little piece of that, you know. Maybe even uh, the players. Ohio U and, you know, yeah, and the players as well, Bobby. Of course, that's got to come at some point. But if you get into that playoff and you advance, it'll be like the NCAA tournament, I would think, where you get extra units. 
you could make 30, 40, 50 million dollars additional by advancing in that playoff. And, and to me, uh, Ohio State is primed and ready to accept all of that. So money is no object over there at the Ohio State College, as uh, one guy on the radio here in town used to say. So uh, we're starting to see that. And, uh, you know, they're making no, hey, uh, both Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer used v- different variations of this uh, statement when they said, we are not going to apologize for wanting to win. And that's games, championships, whatever it is we're doing, we want to win. So uh, that's that's where things are at at Ohio State right now. How much do you think uh... – the new AD Ross Bjork and then President Carter's, you know, recent hiring played into this decision to move on now. Well, yeah, it is a clean break, and it gives Ross Bjork a chance. Uh, he starts on an advisory capacity on March first. Although my guess is Ross Bjork is probably working twenty four seven on this already behind the scenes, and you can reach out to the agents and the lawyers for all of these high level coaches who we did a hot board just as you know i'm sure the dispatch and every other website in town did and, and dropped a bunch of names and uh, to me i think what this allows ross bjork is to reach out and, and get the temperature of different coaches and see if they're interested in their at this point in their career, if they want to come to Ohio State, and there's no reason why at this point with the revenue they have, they can't, uh, you know, shoot shoot for the moon because, you know, and I throw this name out there: Danny Hurley just won the national championship at Connecticut. I'm not saying that he's coming to Ohio State, but if I'm Ohio State, that's who I want. I want whoever the next Danny Hurley is, whoever is going to put a national championship program together under this paradigm, name, image, and likeness. And, you know, without saying it, buying of players, you know, legal buying of players, that's where things are headed. And and really it's threefold. It's freshmen coming in from high school, great transfers. Illinois in the last two years, six great transfers. They're sitting second in the Big Ten. Ohio State won. Jamison Battle sitting at the bottom of the Big Ten. And uh, even the other night, he didn't, didn't even, you know, really no-showed in that game the other night. And then, uh, obviously, uh, the third thing is the retention of your players. As we see with Sawyer and Tui Malowal, you know, those guys obviously had some incentive to stay at Ohio State. And, uh, you know, that's what Ohio State basketball is going to need, you know, to keep, you know, I throw these names out there, Thornton, Gale, whoever, you know, that you want to keep. Uh, you know, you got to be able to to retain them through name, image, and likeness and, and other, you know, aspects. Steve, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us here this morning. Have a good day, buddy, and we'll check in again soon, all right? Yeah, it's going to be a better day than yesterday. I guarantee you that. Yeah, no doubt. All right. There you go. Steve yeah. Hellwagon, Bucknuts, um, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Outline. Well, I want to take uh, quick on the cost for game-changing windows for your home. You Columbus homeowners, you voted Pella the leading and most trusted window brand here in Central Ohio. People choose Pella because they're the best, but a lot of people also ask, is it pricier for the best? And here's the truth about Pella. They now have five different window product lines. They've got something for everybody from for the $300,000 to the $3 million homes. So they've got you covered all up and down the spectrum and all the lines while well, they're still Pella level awesome. So check out our local Pella team at PellaColumbus.com. We're going to get juice next. Morning juice right here on The Fan. 
Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. Right now we're tracking one issue on the east side. This is on I-70 westbound, just beyond State Route 310. The right shoulder is blocked because of a disabled vehicle. Crews are working to clear up right now. That is the only issue across Central Ohio we have on our map. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stagerwald. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If this show made a scented candle, it would smell like bad coffee, unwashed jockstrap, and grass clippings. I wasn't sure how you take your coffee. You're listening to Morning Juice. So, mouth or enema? We're here on The Juice, brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Healthy Leader in Testosterone and Hormone Replacement Therapy. You can, of course, visit them on the line at feelgreatcolumbus.com. What's got you juice? Sharky, yes. It's a big Thursday. It's been a pretty wild road to get to this point. Why don't we hear from our main man, Schlegs? You gotta go, George Dickel. We talked about this, right? A Dickel will do you, you know? And then I was talking to my sister-in-law about it. She was talking to me about the Dr. Dickel, right? Some George Dickel and some Dr. Pepper. Well, you know what I did yesterday? I had a monster Dickel <laughs> where I freaking put a lot of that into a mon- oh monster God. ultra, 10 calories. And let me tell you something. It'll do you. <laughs> I mean, that... <laughs> It's, that it's is so, one of the all-time uh, yes. great lines in all of speech. Maybe <laughs> in all of sport. Maybe during the summertime we should just do a full-on mm. NCAA tournament style of best Schlegs clips. Oh, that'd be great. Start I mean, that was 64 last, and 68. We're talking about 64. We've got to have plans. <laughs> plans. In Dayton. Um, I didn't, didn't expect to see this when I got into work this morning. Former Reds pitcher Don Gullett. Passed away at the age of 73. No information uh, provided on his death, but Gullet helped Cincinnati win back-to-back World Series titles in 75 and 76. He went 26-7 and with a 2.680 ERA over those two seasons. And then he became a free agent, and he signed a free agent contract with the Yankees, who won World Series in 77 and 78. So he won four straight World Series rings. Don I heard Gullet. him once say that it was killing him. Pete Rose wasn't in the Hall of Fame. I think it's probably killing all those guys, all those four. Well, I think it finally finished him off. Oh, that's, I I see where you're going there, Bob. Um, Iowa's Caitlin Clark needs eight points tonight against Michigan to become the NCAA women's all-time leading scorer. She uh, claims that she's not nervous. I think I'm excited. You know, it's going to be a very special night. Uh, I got a lot of family coming, so that'll be a lot of fun. But I think my main focus is just honestly going out there and having having a blast with my teammates and enjoying it. Obviously, we need to come out and perform really well. I think today's practice is really important. But I think for me, like, I'm not anxious about it really at all. I'm I'm just very excited. Um, It's going to be a special night. You know, honestly, we have... I haven't really talked a lot about it as a team or me and Coach Bluter. Like, we never really talked about the record and what's going to happen. It's just go out there and play basketball and have fun. And this is kind of what comes along with it. You want to go see that game in Iowa City tonight? Uh, you got to uh, plop down about $400 for the cheapest <laughs> ticket. So she is uh, she is drawing the fans wherever she goes. I'd love to watch that game, but <laughs> it's, uh, it's on the Peacock tonight, the old Peacock. I pay good money for the Big Ten Network, and the Big Ten just 
keeps sticking its middle finger up at me. And guess what? You're going to get more of that because now when the CBS enters the fray with their media rights deal, guess what they have? Uh, that would be Paramount Plus. So not only are you probably going to need Peacock, yes. they're going to put games on Paramount Plus. On too. a bundle. All right. Well, I guess I'll find another thing to do with my life <laughs> than watch football or basketball. Try to not die. Uh, Bob, I might die before Paramount Plus comes around. What has you juiced? <laughs> my goodness, right there, Shark. I mean, I'm talking That's about like your, impending, year, your impending doom. Yeah. Can you make it to July 11, two hands on the gravestone. You sound like my grandma. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're one foot in the grave. You know, my father died at 64. I'm I'm trying to get to 64. Like Bob Stoops, why don't you just retire right now? I mean... Thanks, Bob. I'm just being I, real. No, I know. I'm, I'm, I might take you up on that. No, I hope not. I'm trying to get I'll you guys for later. another we, year. Yeah, we hope, we hope you don't take us up on that. Oh, goodness. Uh, which got me juiced. We, we had, uh, got to the chaperone eighth grade dance club last yes. night. Yes. That was good. It was a lot better than seventh. I had some good stories out of that. We... Uh, at Valentine's Day yesterday, I'd encourage everybody, like, Valentine, you don't need to have some grand gestures. My goal is, you know, when you work in the mornings, I always try to go the night before after picking up my son from swimming. We went, stopped by the store. Courtney hates, like, flowers that die, so mm-hmm. bought a potted flower, got her, you know, a bag of her favorite chips because she's not really a sweet person, put a little card out. And you know what? It was sitting there before we left. So, like, that's how we always, I try to get it done since so the first thing you see in the morning uh, to be able to kind of move forward with the day. Uh, and then last night we cooked dinner together. Had some uh, had some steaks, had some shrimp. I found some different deals that we uh, that I found on Instagram for some different recipes. Oh, Good, yeah. look at oh, you yeah. go! It was interesting. Instagram chef, Bob some different. Well, I had like three different things that I was working off Instagram at once. Like, where did you find this? Oh, one? you got the pots and pans firing. You feel oh, like I you're have in like the kitchen. Eight yeah. different saved folders: one for food, one for workout, yeah. one for the juice, good speaking stuff, all kinds of different things. Tried a new travel one. The other day. What did we do? I mean, what did we make? I'm interested in that. You'll have what to did see. you whip we'll up in the kitchen? Talk about it in the 8 o'clock hour. Being. We don't want to go through it all there. And then also, you know, I'm not juiced about Chris Holman getting fired. I, I'm not saying that it wasn't just. Just I, I hate to see that. It stinks. It stinks for the staff. It stinks for him. I understand there's a massive buyout, so there's no tears here. There's no feeling sorry. But it just, it sucks. And Chris is a friend. And, I, you know, I wish him the best of luck going forward. And it's unfortunate it didn't work out here. And then also in coaching news, I'm hoping you know, Ohio State, they still haven't hired their 10th assistant yet. Yeah. And I'm hoping and feeling like maybe that could be my guy, James Laronitis. So right. we'll see kind of where that goes. I mean, no inside information on any of that, but I'm, I'm hoping that it begins to go that way. The longer that it goes, I feel like that might be the solution here. And so hopefully that'll be Ryan Day's solution to the problem and make him upgrade him from graduate assistant to official linebackers coach. I heard somewhere, my wife said, someone said that he doesn't want to recruit. I'm like, who are these morons that post this stuff on message boards and on the line? I'm like, come on. If you don't, if you don't think that that's the case, why don't you just text him or Shelly and ask what the, ask what's up instead of listening to some idiot on, and I hate to use that term, but people that just speak without any regard to understanding anything that is going on with the situation. I'm going to so, put this out in the ether sphere and see how it sounds. Yeah. He doesn't no, I'm done with it. I don't want to hear any of that nonsense, so hopefully that's the way they go, and I'm, I I would love to see that happen, and I feel like that maybe could happen. But what's got you, Juice? Well, that's got me excited, uh, the possibility of James then, you know, jumping on as a full-time assistant. I mean, we've said that you know, for many, many years since he's been back here in Columbus and when he joined Marcus's staff that he would be 
uh, quite the force to be reckoned with. So if that is the case, congrats to him. Again, we don't know anything, but um, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, we both, you obviously have had a long friendship with James. I have, I produced for James when he was doing a show with Bo. You produced I liked, for threes. I did. I did produce for threes. So I obviously like, I, I like him a lot and hopefully the, uh, that this like works, that this lot. works out uh, right here. What's got me juice? Sharky, good news for us. We get to see Tiger Woods play golf today. Yes, we do, but not for long. Yes. He's, he's teeing off like at uh, 1225, and I don't think the broadcast comes on till three. Well, the good news is you can watch that on Peacock uh, because mm. they're doing a Tiger oh. feature group. So mm. another reason for you to jump on the stream, Shark. Uh, so that's got me juiced. I fear I'm walking into a Viper's Pit today when I get home with William. He's got two more teeth coming in the bottom. Mm. And uh, reports from the house this morning was that he was a total grump ass. So I fear... I may have to take like a two-hour detour on my way getting home this morning, so that way I can alleviate the time. Stop by the liquor store and get a little jack. (laughs) For him or for me? Both. Yeah, that's right. We'll both take a little finger for him and maybe a couple fingers and a glass for you. Yeah, we'll both take a really, really good nap. Albert Breer, he's going to join us on the other side, talk all things NFL with him next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning to you. Right now, tracking one issue on the far east side. This is on I-70 westbound, just beyond the State Route 310 exit. The right shoulder is slightly blocked off because of a disabled vehicle that crews are working to clear up right now. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stucker. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Beamer is tweeting about Formula One. Oh, hells yes. Bobby is tweeting Rick Springfield concert video. Both are a cry for help. This is why twisted mother. This is Morning Juice. Hour number three of the program for us on a Thursday. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark coming up here momentarily. We'll check with Albert Bria of the MMQB. Talk all things NFL with him. A little cigarette smoking, a little gambling in the, in the airport. Airport casino? Yeah, that's right. Going to check with him momentarily. Uh, talk all things NFL with him. Adam Jardy joined us in the 6 o'clock hour. Going to re-air that for you coming up at 8.35. Adam was very good. Uh, talking all things Chris Holtman. Where did it go wrong? Of course, covers this team on a daily basis for the dispatch. So we're going to listen to that again. Coming up here at 8.35 if you missed that in the 6 o'clock hour. And then Jackets forward, Kent Johnson. He's going to join the program. Uh, we'll talk all things Jackets. A little outdoor game planned for March 1st of 2025. There we go. For the CBJ. So Kent John- Johnson's going to round out the program with us coming up here around 8.48 a little bit later on. Keeping you informed about what's trending this morning. It's time for a little re-rack on Morning Juice. Sponsored by Billiards Plus. Your destination for top-of-the-line grills with up to 30-year warranties. Billiards Plus on Dublin Center Drive in Dublin. The Buckeye men's basketball team fired Chris Holtman. We have talked about that for uh, the entire program, entire first two hours of the show. You can download our podcast, listen to that uh, afterwards. Going to get into that a little bit more coming up here uh, in our next segment as well. And like I said, Adam Jardy going to reappear uh, around 8.35 this morning. Meantime, Buckeye women's basketball just continues to cruise. 80-47. to 47, They are just dominating. Force Nebraska last night into 30 turnovers. 30-3-0. That is ridiculous. And uh, my goodness. 30. 30. 30. 
You had 30 points off turnovers. You had 29 points off turnovers. I mean, but to force yeah. 30 turnovers is virtually insane. You mentioned they had 50 field goals. Yeah. I mean, that is an atrocious ratio. That It's over half. I mean, you're over 50% right there. Yeah, allowed 47 points. That's that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, they're doing a great job. I just hope they're not peaking too early. The girls are rolling, so hopefully they uh, get a little rest, got some time off here before a big push, hopefully to... You win an outright Big Ten championship. Yep, you got Penn State coming up here next Thursday. So a nice little seven-day, week-long break for them. Right now, we're going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check with our guy from the MMQB. He is Albert Breer. AB, thanks for the time. As always, how's our recovery going uh, from the Super Bowl in Vegas? Are we feeling all right? Oh, I'm fine, but I have kids, so getting home isn't really recovery for me. Uh, <laughs> I get handed a bunch of stuff to do then. I I don't think I think uh, I think my wife thinks I was on vacation for the last you know week and a half. So, which isn't the case, as you guys know, but that's that's what it is. Well, I mean, it's a little work, it's a little pleasure mixed together, you know. And especially yeah. when you hit up uh, on the way out, I saw a post that you threw out there. When you smell like cigarettes from hopping in that little smoking slot machine area, I mean, how was it in there? I, I, I did not go in there, but that was something else. Cause I, you know, I, I've um, I've posted. There's one of those in Hartsfield, which is just like all it is is just a smoking lounge. There are no slot machines in there, and uh, yeah, I didn't know those still existed now. So every time I see it, I take a picture of it. <laughs> And um, I didn't realize Vegas had one that actually has slot machines in it. So, um, yeah, probably not the healthiest place in Nevada, uh, that little area. It's pretty amazing, Albert. And I saw your your tweet, too, and it was uh, pretty remarkable. I mean, did we get in there and do any, you know, journalistic research about kind of what goes on in there? Did we go in? How many people were in there? What time of day was it? Yeah, There's think, a ton I, of follow-ups. I, I, again, I, I, again, I was a little worried that if you if you, if you you go in there, you don't come out the show. So, uh <laughs> <laughs> had to be uh I, I had i had to pass on going in you've uh, albert you've been to a lot of super bowls how would how would you um characterize vegas as, as a host i saw you said it was kind of busting at the seams but uh how was it out there yeah no i honestly like and i i'll be uh i'll be i'll be frank with you guys i was it was kind of an emotional tweet when i was stuck on a shuttle bus and it took 45 minutes to take two left-hand turns and i'm not even exaggerating and I'm sure for some insurance reason or whatever, they couldn't let us off the bus and just let us walk the half city block to where we were going. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the traffic is really bad middle of the week. Um, anybody who's been there knows um, those casinos are built so you can't leave. So even if you like put it in your Apple uh, in, in your Apple Maps on your uh, on your iPhone, like. And it says it's a 10 minute walk. You know, you're still talking about like 20 minutes to get out of whatever hotel you're in and 20 minutes to go through the other hotel that you're going to. So there are little things like that. But I, I think overall, like I, when I left, I was thinking they should, they're definitely going to have one here again, you know? Um, and it's not New Orleans, but nowhere's New Orleans. I think New Orleans is like so far and away the number one and the perfect place to hold, host the Super Bowl. Um, you know, but outside of that, yeah, I mean, I, I'd say it's like a solid B plus and, it's got potential for being better. I think the Super Bowl will be back there. The stadium was great. I mean, the stadium, honestly, um, if you've been in that place, it feels like it's built for big events, which makes sense because that's what they're trying to attract there with it. Um, you know, all in all, I think uh, I think a pretty good Super Bowl city, and and I think it'll probably be part of you know that rotation of cities that gets you know you know get one regularly with you know New Orleans, Miami, and Los Angeles. 
Uh, how about, do we get a chance to venture into the giant orb or any of the cabarets with their specials? I did, running? Yeah, that was unbelievable. Um, you know, Bobby, I, 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 I'm one of those people where when people build things up, I like kind of like brace myself for disappointment. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like when, when, when everybody's saying how great something is, I, I always have it in the back of my head that, um, it's not going to be as good as everybody says. And normally that's, I, I feel like that's a good Good, good rule of thumb is to kind of temper your expectations with those things, but it was unbelievable. Um, and I, I like you two. I don't, you know, it's not like I'm a super fan or anything. And um, I was absolutely blown away. It's, um, it's amazing that human beings built that thing. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Anybody who's in Vegas should, should pay whatever it costs to go. Um, it's, it, it's awesome. All right. So, did you? I mean, there was a ton going on in Vegas last week. Did we venture over to the golf course and see any of the live golf? Because if if Bob has a new career, it's going to be live golf correspondent because he likes the the party atmosphere involved with that. No, yeah, and I, and I sort of wish I had. I had um, I, maybe maybe I didn't go because I went to waste management the year before the year before yes. uh, last year um, in Phoenix, and I may or may not have slid down a hill and wound yes. up with dirt all over my back. So didn't want to reenact that. Um, so no, I didn't make it to the event. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that waste management. I mean, there was a lot of people, Albert, fighting gravity in the hardest way possible. Um, yeah, the videos from that looked iconic. It almost oh. um, made me want to go there. To tell you the truth, like I love that we're trending in the right direction. We need more of that in golf to really help uh, bring the energy. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Like that was one where, and I hadn't been to that before last year, and I'm like. If golf, if, if even like half the PGA Tour events were like this, they would attract an entirely new audience. I mean, I'm, I, like a younger audience too, you know? It's like, like Happy I, Gilmore. I don't know. I, I like sort of think about, like, I, like, like I, I was like, this is, whoever put this together is crazy like a fox. Like, this is unbelievable. And it would be such a good thing for golf, you know, to attract people in their 20s to come out to their events. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I don't know if like the TV ratings for golf are better in Phoenix than they are everywhere else, but it wouldn't surprise me based on what I saw up there. Yeah, some of the things coming out of it were pretty remarkable, and Bob saying that people were fighting gravity, and I feel like there's just an endless stream of videos to see that as we check with Albert Breer, the MMQB, with us here on the Bryant Heating. I'm glad no one got video of me from last year. <laughs> sure. Not yet they haven't. Not mm-hmm. yet it hasn't been released into <laughs> yeah. the public. Maybe it you will. Something? <laughs> something? Maybe. Uh, maybe in the future. Um, but yeah, let's get to the game, Albert, the Super Bowl. I mean, for you know, we talked about this for for so many days following this. The decision yep. to not defend for, or I guess, to take the ball first in overtime, and these new rules, right. and then we get the story afterwards that some of the Forty ers players didn't necessarily know the rules. You juxtapose that against the Chiefs knowing the rules and having a very detailed game plan. Um, just your thoughts on the new overtime rules and the Forty ers decision to take the ball first out of the gates. Yeah. Well, first of all, and you know, Bobby, I think this would resonate with you because you were with the Patriots, but I always felt like um, what, like, you know, Bill Belichick's teams have done well, what Andy Reid's teams have done well is the fundamental stuff. And um, it sounds like an insult, but it's not. Like, I, I always feel like the Patriots were the masters of the obvious, you know, and the simple stuff. And, like, when you're with one of those teams, you really do start in April and May from the ground up. And this is why, you know, like with simple things like rules, like you watch Mike Vrabel coach, right? He's a master of the rules and all of his players know how to weaponize the rules. And why? Well, it's because of where where he's from. Andy reads the same way. 
And so, you know, I do think like things like this are things that a lot of coaches actually miss, you know, because they just assume, well, my players are going to know that my players are smart. Um, you know, and I think like the, you know, some of the best programs in the NFL are the masters of the obvious. And to me, this would be one of those things where it's, you know, we're going to drill them on the rules and we're going to make sure they know everything inside and out. Um, so when something does come up that we're not expecting, they're going to be ready for it. You know, so that would be my first thing on Kyle's decision. I actually agree with the logic. It makes sense to me that you would want that third possession, right? Like where if, if you score and they match you now, you get the first possession and sudden death. That all makes sense to me. The problem with it is the guy who's playing quarterback on the other sideline. And, you know, to me, it, again, like this kind of goes back to that Patriot thing where, um, you know, like I, I remember when, you know, New England won the coin toss in Super Bowl 51, um, and that game against Atlanta, it felt like the game was over. And same sort of deal. When San Francisco lined up to kick that field goal on that fourth and four from the, from the nine-yard line, it felt like the game was over, you know? And so that's sort of what it was where – kind of look at it and say, okay, well, the guy on the other sideline, we need to know what he's going to do first. And um, by not doing that, you turned it into a four-down game, right? So there's another situation in there where they go for it on that fourth and one. Can they afford to go for it on that fourth and one if it's the first possession of overtime? Maybe not, right? Because if, if they go for it and miss it there, well, then the game might be over. Now San Francisco can just kick a field goal and score. Um, you know, and so like you look at that, it's like, do you want to make this a four down game for Patrick Mahomes where he has four downs to convert all the way down the field again, like broadly, I understand Kyle's logic, but then all those little things that involve Mahomes make me think, you know, maybe he should have decided to defend first, just based on who the other quarterback was. Uh, Steve Wilkes coached his last game for the Niners in the Super Bowl as defensive coordinator. Surprised about that, Albert? Not entirely. I mean, I, I, I feel like there was some frustration from Kyle. Um, if you watch that last possession, right, like especially the timeout, I think there was some, some frustration from Kyle with the strategy there. And I think, you know, like the way that that last possession was handled and the way the last few possessions were handled strategically, I think were kind of the final straw. Um, you know, internally, I, you know, the, they, they, they feel like they underachieved um, on defense this year. And I know some of the numbers are what the numbers are, but um, they invested a lot in that defensive line, going out and getting Chase Young um, at the trade deadline, um, signing Javon Hargrave in the, in the offseason. They felt like the D-line um, sort of underachieved this year. Um, the secondary outside of Traverius Ward wasn't great. Um, and so for as much as they had invested in a defense, it's got Nick Bosa, it's got Fred Warner, it's got Eric Armstead. Uh, they didn't feel like they got the best return on their investment on balance. And then, you know, I think as Kyle saw it, like the, 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 the tactics towards the end of the game, towards the end of the Super Bowl, were probably the final straw there. And it's interesting, too, because it's the first time, you know, in Kyle's seven years that he's gone outside of the, his sort of coaching family to hire a coordinator. I'd imagine he's going to go back inside the family to go and find a replacement. Albert, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on with us here. Glad that you got to see the Super Bowl. Glad that you got to see Vegas and you uh, survived to tell uh, the tales about it. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll check in again soon, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. There he goes. Albert Breer, MMQB, with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Next time he's there, he needs to go into that smoking lounge. Oh, yeah. The problem is that when you get home, Beam, 
I don't know if there's a place where he can shower and burn his clothes before he walks into the house. The Chris Holtman era is over at Ohio State. Get into that next morning juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there and a good Thursday morning to you. Right now we're tracking two issues across Central Ohio. The first one over on I-270 northbound in the Dublin area. The right shoulder is blocked in those northbound lanes just past Tuttle Crossing Boulevard because of a crash. Also still watching a problem over on I-70 eastbound on the far east side. The right shoulder blocked off in those eastbound lanes just beyond State Route 204 because of a disabled vehicle. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuggerwald. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Just a couple of dudes being guys. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. You're listening to Morning Juice. Well, Thursday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark. Chris Holman fired. $12.8 million buyout. Gene Smith at a press conference last night. Uh, talking all the things. Rihanna I mean, was there playing Rihanna, in the background. You know what? You're actually going to hear from Rihanna in this cut because Gene Smith was talking about the Phantom and Steve Hellwagon, who we had a little bit earlier on in the program, uh, pressed him a little bit about attendance numbers and dropping down. And I've said this throughout the program and I've said this for the last couple of weeks. We've just been apathetic and apathy is the most dangerous place for a program to live. And that's what had happened. And it turned into the numbers over at the shot. And here was Gene Smith and here was, you'll hear Steve Hellwagon and you'll hear and even guess her appearance uh, from Rihanna about that he totally disagrees that the fandom has died on the proverbial vine. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, you guys are opinion makers. To say that it died on the vine. Lowest attendance you've ever had. Yeah, but it's still 8,000. We can debate that all we want to, but at the end of the day, is this is about 8,000 uh, fans at the last game that we won. So the facts are this. We have to have expectations consistent with reality. There's going to be games throughout the year where you're going to have eight or ten. You guys seem to forget that conversation from like ten years ago. The reality is that's going to happen. It happened during Thad Mata's years. Go back and look at the numbers. There were eight and ten thousand fans periodically throughout the season. However, to your point, there's got to be six, seven, or eight games where we're close to that sellout or at the sellout. We haven't had that, to your point. That's really what you're talking about. It hadn't died on the vine. At the end of the day, uh, we need to get better. We need to win. And my advice to Ross is simple. Product, place, price. That's marketing. You got to win. You got to win. You got to win for the fans to show up. And you got to play the music in the background. You got to have that. You got to have the environment, which clearly was the case last night when Rihanna was uh, pumping in there. But, I mean, it was just... It had... It had spun out of control, and everybody knew it. Now, I was surprised that it happened in the middle of the season with six games left. We all thought it was going to happen. It was just I thought it was going to happen at the end of the season that you were going to make a clean break, but they said, nope, we're going to pay the 12.8. Did it feel a little bit being like weekend at Bernie's? Like, I mean, did we have like a Lomax feel to like if the music played, like the team would go out? Here's the thing. They were still playing hard for Holtman. Yeah. But they had clunkers. They have a lot of clunkers. They gave up some big leads. That Indiana game, I think, was you know, the nail in the coffin with all that. 
like as far as fans, like the apathy, it felt it's a little bit like weekend of Bernie's. Like people were showing up. Lomax was sitting there, you know, having the parties, but it really wasn't all that great. You know, I was telling you, we had a we had a dance club last night mm-hmm. at uh, Hastings for I our, I chaperoned my seventh grade than dog. The last one, oh, I was way better. Okay. Although the guy said, I, I talked to the, the guy who ran after, he goes, your daughter did a much better job last time. I said, okay, that's good. Just being respectful and everything. I had to lean in on some of the boy, eighth grade boys who I was coaching, who I've coached in football and stuff throughout basketball throughout the years. Like, hey, dude, like, they actually put your hand in her hand, like your hand on her, like, side. Mm-hmm. Like, you can touch her. We all know side. the pose. If she doesn't want you to touch her side, she'll say, you know, please don't do that. But I'm like, everybody's doing this. So you just shadowing like an inch away. It's like that's even touch, worse. He's uh, like touch the side. I'm like you can put your hand to uh, miss on his shoulder. Like that's how it's uh, you can do that. If you don't like it, they can say okay, and you respect their wishes. Yeah. But if you're being instructed to do this, you make the initial attempt. But they've been doing this deal that, and then they'll, they'll do like some slow dancing, and then they'll circle up and they'll do some line dancing, which was great. You know, I mean, I didn't really you know, hop in. There was one mom there that got, got after it a little Good. bit. And like the struggle dance, she's like, I'm fully able to embarrass my daughter. I said, go for it. I mean, that's that's your deal. <laughs> but my side, I didn't want to do that to my guy, RJ. So kind of stayed hung back. But they do the deal called the Lomax. Or the, they call it the Bernie. Oh, I know what the Bernie is. The Bernie. But yeah, it's, like, arms, that's, it, it's actually, it looks like the people at the Phoenix Waste Management. Yes. A lot. You're just kind of moving with your arms down to your side. You're walking. Noodle but, arms. Yeah, the noodle arms. Yeah. So the Bernie, and I was like, I, I started doing that a long time ago, like 15 years. We, AJ, we call it the Lomax. Oh, we called it the Bernie when we were in middle school, high school. And so it's, it's called the Lomax. We call it the Lomax. I go, I'm guessing this is from Weekend at Bernie's. That's the only thing. So Making a comeback. Last night, I, I told the kids, I'm like, this is we we dug up some clips up on YouTube and watched Weekend at Bernie. Well, not watched the whole thing. We watched the trailer to one, and I think in one he doesn't dance. Shark, have you seen the Weekend at Bernie's? You seen both of yeah. them? He doesn't dance at all in one. It's only two with the music, right? Yeah, yeah. Because in one he doesn't pop up and move around. They just drag him around. Y- yes. The second yeah. one's where they put like the headset and tape it to his. Head. I've never seen the second one. Oh, the second <laughs> one's there's like a voodoo witch doctor or something in there too. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they made a second weekend at Bernie's is remarkable. But I'm, Let's kill a second guy. Exactly. It's, it's the same guy. <laughs> I'm asking a lot of questions. He goes, didn't he start to rot? I'm like, well, there's a, okay, dude, we're suspending reality for a minute. You've got a dead dude that they're like walking around. Rigor Mortis yeah. apparently is not set in. No. So we watched the trailer to the first. I'm like, he doesn't dance to the first. And then we watched the conga line in the second where he starts dancing around. And Archie's like, this is awesome. We need to watch these movies. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't know if they're the greatest. They're entertaining. Like the, the quality on them. The outfits from Oh, these. they're great. They're sure, great. Sure. One of the dudes in the Bernies, the, the more famous guy who's done some stuff. Uh, Jonathan Silverman. Sure, whatever. Say, saving Silverman. Um, <laughs> he had on plaid shorts, some sort of like linen top, some sort of like silk shirt with like a linen coat on, and that's what he was like walking around the beach in. I'm like, this is the this is the greatest outfit ever. By the way, I'm watching people walk around there the whole time, Shark, during the movie. They got tank tops on, so I'm just at the beach. They got my man Lomax in an 80s 
80s nylon tracksuit. How hot is that? I mean, poor the dude is acting there. He doesn't have a single line in the movie outside of like the very beginning of one. And then he, they, they have to strap him in that nylon tracksuit on the beach. Look how sweaty you would be under there. You're, looking, you're looking at it now, too, aren't you? Yeah, no. You would have watched it. We get at Bernie's 2 is worth a watch. I'll, we'll probably have to watch him in sequence here with my kids. I'm, so I watched Weekend at Bernie's first with my dad, and I feel like it's, it's going to become a family tradition where then when William gets old enough, oh, we're yeah. going to have to go back and dive into uh, the Weekend at Bernie's. Adam Jardy, he's going to join the program. Yep. We'll talk some uh, Chris Holtman firing with him next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic. From the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. Right now, we're still watching slow-moving traffic because of a crash on I-270 northbound just beyond Tuttle Crossing. Know that you might be moving a little bit slow as you approach the Dublin area on I-270 north. Also on the far east side this morning, the right shoulder is blocked off on I-70 eastbound just beyond State Route 204 because of a disabled vehicle. In the 10TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuggerwald. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Cash Browns and Smackdowns. You're listening to Morning Juice. I'm going to head out to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Check with our good friend of Columbus Dispatch. Covers all things Buckeye basketball. He is Adam Jardy. Adam, thanks so much for the time, buddy. Always appreciate it. Crazy day yesterday, and I'm sure into today. Where, First and foremost, where did it all kind of go wrong for Chris Holtman in this era of Ohio State basketball? It just kind of slowly got here. I think that the there, there's two moments that stick out. The Oral Roberts loss felt like kind of a change. Like, just from that point, the program, you, you could find cracks if you were looking for them. And it just seemed like they could never quite get the momentum going again. And then the other thing that really did it was, you know, this decision to go young and build through uh, recruiting and developing and doing that against the backdrop of a time when college basketball is older than it's ever been. This team was just too young these last two years to try to compete at the level it needed to. And, and then if you would listen to, you know, the way Gene Smith talked last night, just felt they were not, getting the talent out of that youth. And so it all leads to a situation where uh, they're not winning enough. People are starting to tune out and you get to a day like yesterday where they finally pull a plug. Uh, you know, what's interesting, Adam, like it felt like the team was still playing hard for Chris. I mean, I understand that Northwestern loss was rough, but outside of that, you know, they would lose and maybe there was poor play, but to me, it never looked like there was a lack of effort or a level of disinterest in any of the other losses. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think he ever, quote, lost the locker room. These guys were still playing hard for him. I mean, you know, you look at that Wisconsin game Tuesday night. You know, they were down 17, and they fought. I mean, they scored on 10 straight possessions. They got the game down to six. They had a three-pointer. They would have cut it to three. Like, if you're not – if you're checked out and you're not really – you don't really care anymore, that, that doesn't happen. So, uh, it, it was – that's why one of the things that was most interesting to me yesterday was, you know, Gene Smith just basically flat out saying, like, it wasn't necessarily about – um, you know, not having enough talent. It was not maximizing the talent, not realizing the potential. And um, that was the thing that I think was most surprising to me in that press conference was Gene was pretty clear that he felt that this was a case they were not getting what they should be getting 
from these players, and that was a coaching issue. Yeah, it was a pretty wild press conference as we check with Adam Jardy, the Columbus Dispatch, here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems fan guest hotline. And Gene, I mean, openly admitted, Adam, that, I mean, a big mistake was, you know, giving him the contract extension, and now you're on the hook for the 12 plus million dollar buyout that Ohio State's going to have to fund. Yeah, that that's I mean that's a, that's a mark on on Gene Smith's record, and you know this isn't uh, Gene's demeanor in that press conference was interesting to me because you know he didn't come out with like an opening statement. Uh, he cut it off pretty quickly. You know, no, it, it was it was just a, a different kind of strange vibe where obviously Gene felt very emotional about it and spoke very highly of Chris as a person and and all that, but um, yeah. It, 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 at the time, the the contract extension, there was a lot of pushback from from the fan base um, when that was announced because he hadn't won a made a Sweet Sixteen, hadn't won a Big Ten title, and things like that. Like, but the the jobs that Holtman had turned down, and the number of schools that had been calling to try to get him to leave, you know, at that point in in his tenure, there was still a very strong belief that it was going to turn, and that there was sustained levels of success just right on the horizon. And it just obviously it didn't get there, and so hindsight's twenty twenty. But at the time, from an athletic department standpoint, they believed Chris Holman was the guy, and there's enough of a track record that you you could reasonably believe that. And there were, I mean, LSU, Arizona, Indiana, like go down the list of of jobs that had opened in the last couple of years. They all were calling and trying significantly to get Chris Holman to leave, and so. Um, it just didn't work out. I said uh, earlier on, Adam, that the most dangerous place for a program to live in, at least with its fan base, is apathy. And I think that's been pretty apparent this year. Uh, the attendance numbers at the shot, and you know, it was a decent crowd uh, over the weekend. But I just think when you start to get 8,000 people in the building, 9,000 people, and it's just a slow erosion. How much do you think that the attendance numbers played into this firing and, and kind of the swiftness of it? I mean, that certainly had something to do with it. And you could feel it in the arena as, as this season has gone on. I mean, you could feel it last year when the pressure really picked up, losing 14 or 15. But then, you know, there were, there were subtle changes throughout the year. I mean, the in-arena announcer during pregame introductions stopped yelling Chris Holtman's name um, and started just kind of saying it so as to not maybe get quite the reaction from people. There had been occasional boos during the season. Um, you know, at the Maryland game, there were four Maryland fans behind the, the Ohio State basket in the second half who were chanting Fire Holtman, um, which was some, I thought, high-level trolling from, from the Terrapin fans. Um, there, were, there was a, a moment when the uh, Maryland game started, there were four fans in the Nuthouse student section who put uh, paper bags over their heads and when Holton was like yelling out instructions early in the game, they were standing and giving him thumbs down signals. Like when you're at a point that that kind of stuff is happening, it, I think it does force you to look in the mirror and ask some really tough questions about, you know, yeah, apathy and just the, the overall uh, conversation and mood around the program. Adam, despite all of those things happening, you know, why I guess now when you look at Gene is on his way out you know, the season, it's not like there's really a chance to potentially salvage. I mean, you're not going to most likely win out or, you know, make a deep run in the Big Ten tournament. And so, you know, with that, his buyout, I believe, drops you a couple million dollars more after the season. Why would six games left to make this move? Basically, the best answer I can give you on that is it seemed like they wanted to give the players a chance to finish the season with a different spark. They wanted to try to, to give them an opportunity to to have a better close to the year than what I guess they felt was possible under Holtman. You know, it's it's strange because I was sitting there yesterday thinking, you know, had they 
finish that comeback at Wisconsin. Would would this have happened yesterday? Because I don't I don't think so. But it also sounds like this is something, from my understanding, this had been in the works for at least a couple of days, even if nobody like on the staff or in the program was aware. Like from an administrative standpoint, like Gene Smith didn't just wake up Wednesday morning and then talk to Ross Bjork and talk to Ted Carter and say, "Hey, I'm making this move." Like they had, been, this is something that had been apparently percolating for a little bit. And I would, I would wager that the Indiana loss was probably the the one. I mean, to be up 18 at home, blow yeah. that game, and I, I would, I would imagine that was probably the final straw. Um, but the, the timing of it is strange to me. And then in the press conference yesterday, Gene Smith was, you know, he he said that he didn't think that making this move now, you know, gives you more of an opportunity to find the next coach. He kind of downplayed the thought of using these next couple of weeks, which uh, seemed a little disingenuous. I mean, obviously they're going to be, you know, trying to figure out who the next guy is going to be and you're doing your due diligence, but he downplayed that notion, um, which I thought was, was odd as well. Cause that seems to me a pretty clear reason why you make a move at this point. I know Bob just mentioned that there's six games left in the regular season. You got Purdue, you know, number two team in the country coming in here uh, to the barn on Sunday. Uh, now the fascinating part with this move is that new NCAA rules, like as soon as a coach is, t- you know, terminated or moved on from uh, that 30 day transfer portal window opens, Adam, do you foresee uh, with only six games left that any of the current players will now exit swiftly out of the program? Um, it's hard to say right now. I have not gotten like word that anybody is like immediately getting ready to bolt. Um, you know, this is a, pro, a, a roster by and large, these guys love Chris Holtman all, you know, as much as players can. I mean, these guys, like, like Bobby was asking earlier, like these guys still were playing hard and we're still, you know, invested in these games. Um, you know, they just weren't winning and, and, you know, that does, get tiresome very quickly. And I think that was, that was, you know, weighing guys down, but um, no, I, I think that the guys who weren't playing now, they feel like they have an opportunity, maybe, you know, under Jake Diebler, they can get some minutes and showcase what they can do. And then you get to the end of the season and see who Ohio State's going to hire and go from there. But I mean, it, it's hard to say so, so soon, but I, I do imagine this, this means there's pro you're probably seeing a pretty amount of, of turnover once we get to the end of this, whatever, whenever that is. Um, cause that's just, that's the nature right now. And so, yeah, that's, I would imagine a pretty different looking roster next year. Um, final one for me here quickly. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, they're, they're a young team and you had said that there was a difference in philosophy, really maybe from Holtman to Gene Smith or the athletic department about being young versus old. Do you have any origins on why the bifurcation there and why maybe there was a preference to stay young? Is that an NIL thing? I mean, where, where was the origins of that, when you could see the the best teams in college basketball, I mean, worked through the portal some, and you have more of a veteran roster. Yeah, I mean, it started before you had uh, the transfer waiver fully, you know, approved, and you know, everyone can kind of go, go, come and go when they want. So um, the situation changed after they had fully committed to this. But I mean, they also just really highly believed in this group of players, and um, they felt this was the best way to build a sustainable. Uh, level of success in an era of constant roster turnover. And so that was, that was the belief at the time. And I don't think anybody realized that it was going to be as bumpy as it became. And I think they didn't, they clearly didn't do enough in the portal to supplement the youth. And so that's how you kind of end up in this situation where you're waiting for these young guys to turn that page and play like veterans and play like, you know, guys who have been around the block and, you know, you're, you're still honestly kind of waiting on that. And if, 
you know, they had maybe gone out and gotten one or two more guys in the portal who are just veteran dudes that are going to come in and tear things up and get in guys' faces and, you know, play with an edge. It would have helped these young guys. And that's, uh, you know, in the roster construction of the last three years, I think that's probably the biggest, the biggest issue is if you're going to make this plan of getting young and building that way, you needed to do more to help those guys out. And, and they didn't. And then when you are the youngest team in the Big Ten two years running, it's it's a tough uphill climb every night, and they just didn't have enough to, to get there. Adam, always appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on with us here this morning, especially after a crazy day yesterday. Uh, have a good day today, buddy, and we'll check in again soon, okay? All right, thanks for having me. There goes Adam Jardy with us here on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. We're going to reveal our fan poll next. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Hey there, and a good Thursday morning to you. Right now, we're still watching slow moving traffic because of a crash on I 270 northbound just beyond Tuttle Crossing. Know that you might be moving a little bit slow as you approach the Dublin area on I 270 north. Also, on the far east side this morning, the right shoulder is blocked off on I 70 eastbound just beyond State Route 204 because of a disabled vehicle. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Staggerwald. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If Bobby and Beamer aren't talking about it, it's not worth your time anyway. You're listening to Morning Juice. Wrapping things up here, a little Thursday edition of the program. Brandon Bean, Bobby Carpenter, Mark the Shark, and we here on The Juice are brought to you by our good friends over at Affinity Whole Health, the leader in testosterone and hormone replacement therapy. You can, of course, visit them online at feelgreatcolumbus.com. Chris Holtman fired, $12.8 million buyout. What does it mean moving forward? I mean, we had got plenty of time. Uh, to get into that, about some of the candidates, where are you going to go? Mid-major, mid, you know, major, you're going to go to the NBA, someone who's not even available right now, not coaching. Like, what are they going to do? There's tons of avenues to get in. But I mean, at the end of the day, Bob, again, we've said this since 6 o'clock here this morning, and we're two hours and 50 minutes into this program. You don't win, and you lose at an alarming rate, and you have a track record of doing that the last couple of years. Like, this is Ohio State, man. Like, it didn't turn, and that was the end of the road for Chris Holman. Yep. Like, he had opportunities to turn around. You felt like that Indiana game was yeah. probably the nail in the coffin, Beam. Yep. You know, it, you had a big lead on the road, and you look at this, you're in the midst of the one of the longest road losing streaks in school history. There, there's a little bit of fan apathy. There's just there, there's a lot of things trending in a negative direction. Now, that being said, the team was still playing hard. Like they're still battling against Wisconsin. They could have turned it in on the road. It's not very good. They didn't. They just they haven't played well down the stretch. No, they really haven't. I said it's kind of been an and it's been an and or thing. If their offense has been good in some games and their defense collapses. And their defense has been good and their offense can't make a shot. And you could never string anything together over the course of the last couple of years in the month of January and February. And that's just the reality of the situation in which we're living in. And you know, now we're looking for a new basketball coach. And who knows what the heck that Ross Bjork and President Carter and Gene Smith are going to get together before Gene retires on, what, July 1st, June 1st, some sometime here, coming up in the summer. And they're going to have to get that fixed because right now, I mean, putting six, seven, eight thousand people into that place every given game, it's just, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to yeah. fly. You know, that's, it was interesting being, I was 
supposed to hop on Gene's podcast with him yesterday at noon. And then I got an email a little bit after the show. I was working out. You know, I rushed back from the Woody, get a shower and everything, make sure I was ready to go. And uh, to find that Gene had some things come up. And then we we rescheduled till next week. He was occupied. And then I saw like 10 minutes later that come across. Like, well, that... That came up. Oh, that so makes sense. There we are. That's that's what we're doing. to reschedule with Gene in the future. Yeah, so we'll get that. He's like, next week I'm on the Buckeye Cruise. So not doing that then. We'll get it done after that, though. You excited for that? Yeah. One more day of work here and flying out on Saturday morning. Get everything set up uh, for the kids. That's you know, Corden. We've been frantically trying to do that. Last night we cooked some steaks for Valentine's Day. I had the boys. McLean was at dance club, so I think she came back at 8 when I went to dance club with RJ. But it was... Fun little time, spending some time with the kids. I, mean, I feel like I haven't seen them a ton just because I've been, I've been gone. I was, you know, I was out in Oklahoma, some of the military bases, but it'll be good. Excited to see uh, some of my buddies and guys I don't get to see all the time. Hang out with some of the uh, current players, mm-hmm. Cody Simon, Lathan Ransom. They're going to have a weekend at Bernie's with you. Oh, yeah, weekend at Bob's. <laughs> weekend at Bobby's. Is uh, Tress going this year? Yeah, Tress is coming. And Ryan? And Ryan. And AJ? Aaron James, he'll be there. All right. Uh, Schlegs will be there. Current players, Lathan Ransom, Cody Simon, uh, Denzel Burke, JT, Tui Moloal, Jack Sawyer, Ameka Buka, Travion Henderson. Oh, and, um, oh gosh, I was going to say, because there's eight, uh, guard, uh, Jack, Donovan Jackson. All right, nice. Jack. So I think those are the eight guys. Pretty good recall from you. Listen, man, there's the... By the way, hold on. I got a bone to pick with Shark. Speaking of recall, I want that Collinsworth cut tomorrow. <laughs> I'm exposing the type of creep that he really is. You really wanted? Yes. Okay. Rothman loves that guy. Yeah. Man, and Chris Collinsworth, I've always known that he was a creep and not a good dude. Well, we have I mean, audio. you got to give him a break. He was only like 22 at the time. Okay. I don't think, I don't care how old you are, <laughs> Epstein. Like, what are we talking about here? Talking about 14-year-old girls in a... It's pretty bad. I mean, he looks like yeah. a huge cornball. And obviously, he's young. It's probably his rookie year with Cincinnati. But I've always known that I really didn't like Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> I finally got the evidence. I sent that over to Rothman. And he... Matty, Matty, well, Matty swiftly called it off today. He's not even going to be he's, he's in a state of mourning. By the way, I, so, I mean, the man cold is such a thing, right? And... I, Cullen came down with strep again. What? It's like the We've fifth had, time he's had that. Uh, I came about it a couple times. I can't remember. One of them had it twice back to back. I think this is his second, maybe third time this year. Uh, I mean, it's spreading ridiculous. It's like COVID. So I walked out of doing our Bone and Beam United soccer podcast with T Bone and um, walked out. Roth Dog is at his cubicle. This is about 10 20 yesterday morning, 10 15. And I usually don't get to see those guys. Like I don't get to see Colin and Maddie and Anthony. But on days that I'm here a little bit later, uh, I get to see him. And I walked over, and he's sitting in his cubicle, and he's got his tea in his hand, and his head is just kind of tilted back. Like He kind of did look like the weekend at Bernie's. And I walk up to him like, boy, you feeling okay? And he just looks at me and goes, is it that bad? <laughs> you just opened up a whole neurotic mess. I know, and I looked at him I'm like, well, you're, you look like... You're just a slug. When you right when now. you say that, you got to drop the line from the campaign that he always loves. Like, well, but I think you're maintaining. I think, yeah, <laughs> and, maintaining, maintaining. I'm telling you, man, the man cold is such a thing. Like, Meredith makes fun of me all the time. Like, I got a sore throat. I think I'm on my deathbed. 
She's like, you need to grow up. You need to grow a pair. And all of a sudden, oh, William's got a fever, and now you're worried about him? Not worried about me when I get a fever. I hope that I don't walk into a viper's pit today with him. I'll be good. You're you're in the middle. You're in the thick of it. But I told I you, know. if he's got the teething, you get a bottle of whiskey to split. Three little, fingers for me, a fingertip for yeah, him. Yeah, just a little tip. Rub it through the gums there. That's what they used to do back in the day. I guarantee you it's what Shark's parents probably did with him. Oh, no doubt. That explains a lot, Shark. It actually. really does. Before we get out of here today, our daily... Well, Willie Nelson used to blow smoke in his face. <laughs> he still does. Uh, our fan poll is sponsored by ER Auto Care, Masters of Our Craft. Today's fan poll at 971thefan.com or on Twitter at 971thefan. Where will Ohio State's next basketball head coach come from? High major, mid major, current OSU staff or the NBA? I have no clue where they're going to start. Someone threw out Chris Gent. I don't know if, I don't think that'd be bad. We'll see, though. People who are saying uh, Jay Wright, I'm like, <laughs> what, what planet are we living on? The same people that if uh, Jim Knowles left, they'd say hire Nick Saban as your defensive coordinator. Bring Raves back as an assistant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude was just an NFL head coach. General, had so much fun today. Not really. Talking about the firing. But we managed to have some fun along the way. What do you say we do it again on a big Friday if they allow us? You good with that? Um, game. Everybody have a great day. Friend Zone edition of the program coming up next. We're back live tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to break everything down. Have a good one. Talk to you then. Morning Juice right here on The Fan. Fan traffic from the Atlas Butler Plumbing Services Traffic Center. Good morning and a happy Thursday to you. Right now, no crashes across Central Ohio to let you know about, but we are seeing traffic pick up on I-71 coming into downtown Columbus. Also on 33 westbound coming in from Canal Winchester. In the 10 TV Traffic Center, I'm Amy Stuckerwald. This is a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN Bet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, it was a big OSU men's hoops day yesterday with the firing of Chris Holtman. The Ohio State women's basketball team knocks off Nebraska for the 12th win in a row. Ohio State was a 13.5 point favorite on ESPN Bet. Buckeyes are currently still 33-1 to to win the national championship despite being the number two ranked team in the country. For your ESPN Bet action update, I'm Scotty Vegas. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Columbus. The Fan Sports Center. Good morning. I'm Ryan Baker. The Chris Holtman era at Ohio State has officially come to an end during its seventh season. The move comes on the heels of a 62-54 loss on the road at Wisconsin. Here's Gene Smith on why he made the move. Well, you know, I just felt like looking at the last couple games, few games actually, uh, that this team needed different leadership, so I made the change. Holtman finishes his career with Ohio State with a record of 137 and 86, 67 and 65 in the Big Ten. He made four NCAA tournament appearances, each coming in his first four years at the school. He is owed a $12.8 million buyout. The number two Ohio State women's team had no problem with Nebraska last night, beating the Huskers 80 to 47. J.C. Sheldon led the way with 23 points. Cody McMahon had another double-double with 20 and 10. The Buckeyes forced 30 Nebraska turnovers. Breaking sports news as it happens on the fan. 
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.